Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. I'm Will Anderson from the title of the podcast and this is how the show starts. I ask my guest who they are. So who are you? I'm Guy uh, Malachi Jones-Williams. I'm a comedian from uh, the country of New Zealand, the greatest country in the world. Uh, yeah, okay. So like, firstly, so much just even in that introduction yeah. that we need to unpick. Yeah. <laughs> who, you, who you believe? Let's start at the, the back of the sentence and you know, go you know, memento style, tenet style. We'll attack it from both directions. So okay. Some Christopher Nolan style yeah, is what it. I'm I saying. You've got to have a directorial influence for your podcast. Yeah. Uh, so tell me this. Do you believe that New Zealand is the best country in the world? Is that something uh, because it's a very – non-typical New Zealand thing to say. Like, yeah. I was, well, I was like, if American can say yeah. it, fucking so can we. Oh, am yeah. I allowed to swear? Yes. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. You uh, No, don't be sorry. You're uh, absolutely allowed to swear. I use it as a crutch for comedy, mm. and I've, I've been swearing too much in my Melbourne show. Um, uh, Yeah, yeah, I think if America can say it, I think New Zealand and probably Australia are the luckiest. But, like, I, th- I think New Zealand's slightly less rooted than Australia. Uh-huh. So I would say um, I'd say New Zealand. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, we're just so blessed to be down here, away from most of the world's conflicts and stuff like that. Like, what a blessing! So it is a blessing, no doubt about that. And I love New Zealand, but it's not a very culturally Kiwi thing to no, 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 express no. that but you I think New Zealand is great. I don't give a shit about that. Like great. the cultural, those cultural norms are kind yeah. of like changing. I think because. Unfortunately, we're all homogenized by the internet and American culture, right? You're wearing an LA Dodgers cap right now. Yes. And it kind of annoys me, to be honest. Yeah. I'm going to come and say Tell that on the why. podcast to be rude. Why? Because um, everyone in Australia and New Zealand just gets Dodgers or Yankees. I was like, mm. pick a more interesting team. Or do you genuinely support the Dodgers? Uh, you live in LA. I lived in LA. Yeah. yeah. So, so when I was in LA, I decided that if I'm living here, lived there for 10 years, yeah. and I decided if I lived in LA, I probably should support the LA team. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I didn't go Lakers. Yeah. I went Clippers. Oh, I like it. And they're, they're, they're better than the uh, Lakers this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that was my kind of, I won't go for the most obvious. The Dodge, I, I will tell you, though, with this cap, purely picked basically on the comfort of the cap. Okay. okay. And then the LA bit of it. Yeah. really was an afterthought rather than any particular passion for the game. And I will say that I went to Dodger yeah. Stadium um, for a little bit of a holiday last year, and I uh, loved it so much. Like, there, it's real, uh, like, uh, I, do you call it a Hispanic? Like, you know, like yes. the, 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 yeah. the Mexican population. Or, or yeah, whatever. Hispanic or Latinx. Or... Re- really Latinx influence. And I was like, this is so cool. Being yeah. from New Zealand, you don't see that cultural thing. And I just genuinely instantly got into baseball. And so I totally understand why you fell in love. But you haven't even got Dodger blue. You've got the black on. Yes. You've got the cap that like all the Australian celebrities have. I bet you Nicole Kidman wears that. I bet Liam Hensworth wears that cap. It's a trash cap. You need to get a different cap. Interesting. It's an interesting perspective. Like, I'm... <laughs> I'm kind of joking here, and you're like, hmm, interesting. No, I'm in... Like, I'm this in is it, not interesting. But by this the way... This is bullying. This is toxic. No, it isn't. Because this is, like, this is... I. You've, you've come to the wrong place if you think that's bullying or toxic. Because <laughs> okay. this is a place where I'm going to find everything you say interesting. Because I do find it interesting. Okay. I find that reaction interesting. Because even when I got the cap, there was a part of me that went through that exact thought process yeah. that you have just just gone through, yeah. which is how do I feel about wearing something that I don't have an affiliation with? Like, you know, yeah. I'm wearing a Pixies t-shirt. I love the Pixies. Like, yeah. I wouldn't just wear this t-shirt if I didn't like the band. I took off a Run the Jewels hoodie. Yeah. I love Run the Jewels. I wouldn't just wear the hoodie because it's a good hoodie. Yeah. Can I name an LA Dodgers baseball player? <laughs> no, I cannot. So <laughs> you have identified the part of my 
attire here that has been mostly chosen, uh, particularly with this one, not even chosen when I was living in LA. I need to point this out. This was not an LA purchase, this hat. Oh my this God. was, uh, well, you can't spell this city without LA, Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> this was an Adelaide purchase during the Adelaide Fringe this year when the cap that I was wearing as I walked through Rundle Mall uh, split on my head okay. in real time. Uh, how? Because your head was full, so bursting with great ideas. So, I, yes, sir, that is exactly how, how and why it was. I, yeah. I went to a doctor. I said, I don't know what's happened. <laughs> no, I, I mean, if you need the full story, here it is. Uh, have a dog that if you leave the hat anywhere, loves to chew the back of the hat. Oh. Had chewed it Do you a travel with a dog? No, but the hat travels with me. Okay, okay, so, okay. Yes. Wait, okay, okay. This is um, I it almost ended one of my relationships um buying a pet because I was like, uh, she was someone who travelled all the time for work. I travel all the time for work. We can't get a cat. You what? What are you doing getting a dog? Like that's you must be out of your house so often. That's true. It does make your life like a lot harder to coordinate. Yeah. Uh, Who's looking after the dog? Where's the dog right now? Where's yeah, the dog right now? It's okay. There's, Bring it to the studio. I want to meet a dog. There are. <laughs> There are two dogs and a cat. They are all being looked after. Wow. No need to can you concern yourself, guy. Okay, sorry. I'm, uh, yeah, something. I'm not right. Eh? I mean, right. Uh, mate, you, you wait until you hear about the fact that people can be comedians and have children. Wow, <laughs> I, I, I don't believe that's possible. But I mean, some people can do it. There is a dog in in the case at the moment because uh, I am dog sitting while I'm here in, in Melbourne during the Melbourne Comedy Festival. So you've got more dogs than you normally have. So I don't have my dogs. I have my sister's dog. What? I'm a, what? No, I'm, wait, where are your dogs? And my dogs are in the I don't know where you live. northern rivers in New South Wales. You live so in New South Wales? Up towards the Queensland border. Do you live in the country? In the country. Oh. Yes. You've clocked life. So two dogs and a cat yeah, in the yeah, country. Yank, yeah, yeah, you're a Yankees cat. You're late, your Dodgers cat. Chuck that in the bin. But, man, that's so cool. I've always dreamed of that as a comedian. I was like, as a comedian, you can probably live anywhere. Yeah. Wow, that's as long cool, as man. you have easy access to an airport, which yes. I do. Yes. So, oh. in fact, it would take me less time to get from where I live in the country to the airport that I go to than it would take me to get to the airport here in Melbourne from where I'm currently staying. Wow. So, but I'm in the suburbs, my sister's house, her and her kids and their family are all the way on holiday. So, I'm dog sitting. Uh, so, I've got their dog, which here's what I've realized about being in a house with their dog is that their dog is so much better trained than my dog's. Yes. And you're like, oh, I'm a bad parent. Like, yeah. I, I feel yeah. Like, I, and I can imagine you would be as well, because as a comedian, yeah. you have quite a laissez-faire attitude to life. Yeah, no one's going to tell me or my dog what to do. Yeah. yeah Can't yeah. sleep in the bed. Well, <laughs> you wait and see about that. Is that not gross, though? Are you are you not like a bit of a germaphobe? Is it not gross to have your dog in the bed or nah. no? No, I'm not gross. No, I'm you're not like, grossed out by that at all. Okay, okay. I, uh, Okay, I just need to tell you the hat thing, then we can move on from the hat and we can get on with the conversation because I feel like there's still issues around the hat and I need to clear this up. So Dog had pre-chewed the back of the hat. Yeah. But not so much yeah. that the hat had was not functional yeah. anymore, right? Yeah. And here's what I am. I'm a one hat at a time guy. Oh. So, in fact, in general That's in impressive. life, I like to use things until they're worn out. Oh, that's so good. And then replace them. Good on you. But I don't like to have like a range of things. Oh, that... I'm the opposite. I'm so bad. Yeah. I'm so bad. Okay. Um, that is really fantastic because I'm a terrible consumerist. So here's what happened. The hat was still working. Back was still working. I'm walking through the Adelaide Fringe. I'm going to say, I like your theory that I was thinking too hard, but I'm going to go with the fact that I just hadn't had a haircut for a couple of weeks. And I believe the volume of hair yeah. had expanded to a certain extent that finally the last remaining bit at the end 
popped open. And I, like I was in a James, like like in a Jason Bourne movie or a James Bond movie. Yeah. Like, you know, one of those things where like a secret agent will like take a phone and they'll just be wandering somewhere and they'll dismantle it in their hands and put it in bins. I essentially did the, if you'd seen me walk through the mall, yeah. you would have seen the hat explode on my head. Yeah. Me not react because I knew this moment was coming at some stage. Amazing. So there was just part of me that went, yep, took off the hat, put it in a bin, walked into the nearest shop. Bought this hat. Oh my so, god! Okay, that that is the hat story. Okay, you did, okay, this this conversation is not yes. going to go well because I think we both have that little bit of like ADD energy or something. And sorry if that's offensive to people with ADD, but like, you know, like we're both going to be like we have to finish the story. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you're like, I got to tell you about the hat. And I was like, I don't actually care that much about the hat. I know, I just, but I, I just, started it. I can't finish. Yeah, I, and we're yeah. both going to do that. And as a result, we're going to tell three stories that yeah. are of, you know. Not worthwhile quality. <laughs> but, uh, I, I appreciate you telling me every detail about the hat. Thank you. Yes. Well, I, I needed to finish it so I could move on to the rest of the conversation we were going to have. I enjoyed that you introduced yourself with both your middle names. Like, I just did that for fun. Yeah, I know. Flair. It is fun, though. They're weird names. I got, all my names are weird. Guy Malachi. Weird. Where, so where, like, where does Malachi come from? Uh, it's my granddad's name. Yeah, okay. But my mum, at one point, my granddad was a bit of a dick to her. He was a huge asshole. So she wanted to change it to Michael Jones or something like that. But then it was too much effort. But yeah, my granddad's name was Malachi. It was all biblical name. A lot of, um, you meet a lot of like rugby players in New Zealand that have the name Malachi because it's like, yeah, like religious families love it and stuff like that. Yeah. But I like that the the middle name's Malachi. And what was the second middle name? Jones. That's my granddad's name. So both the, yeah, okay. So Yeah. yeah, Malachi Jones. Okay, in the middle. But like the first name, Guy. Yeah. So it's just like a generic sort of... No, it's not. But you just interviewed two, you interviewed two guys in a row. <laughs> two guys in a row. Guy is a very weird name. When you go to Japan, the lady at the hotel will laugh in my face. And I'm like, this is racism, but it's fine. But this is racism. Uh, yeah. So Guy is not a good or normal name. But weirdly in New Zealand, we have two comedians uh. named um, Guy, a radio broadcaster named Guy, a another comedian called That Guy, and uh, a sports journalist called. There's too many guys, and there's another guy Williams who's also a journalist down in Dunedin. There's also a die, which is close there's a enough. Die, <laughs> and people often call me die. Yeah, far out. Yeah, it's a disaster. Uh, so this is part of your backstory for people that don't know you. Um, you have a lot of like fans in Australia. In fact, I was literally just walking to the studio today and uh, uh, ran into a couple of people who were super excited that you were coming on the show because they love your. Uh, like a lot of the stuff that, that they're watching online in Australia. And oh. uh, they were talking particularly about, this is not something that I've seen, but I'm sure that you will recognize. Yeah. Uh, there was a town in New Zealand where two Chinese restaurants maybe had the same name or something. And yeah, you went and, yeah. Is that right? It's actually, I heard this has happened in Melbourne as well yeah. a few times. It's, it's more common than you'd think, but um, it's the Mount Eden Barbecue Noodle House, which is in Auckland. Um, there's two barbecue noodle houses next to each other with the exact same name. And they're right next to each other. And turns out no one really knows the story. And both of the owners didn't speak good English. And one of them kind of didn't want to talk to me. But um, basically, we determined that they're brothers or relatives of some description. They had a falling out. So the other one was like, effort and just opened right next door with the exact same name. And it's like outrageous. Because if you're an Uber Eats driver, you go there and like Mount Adam Barbecue Noodle House, which one's which one? It's an absolute uh, shit show. But for people who are wondering and go to Auckland, I prefer the one on the right for right. taste. Uh, <laughs> right, if you're standing at the street. If you're standing if at the street. If you're standing looking at it. 
Yeah, you're but, right. But the one on the left, um, he was nicer to me. Mm. Um, yeah, it was <laughs> amazing, 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 amazing story. Yeah. Uh, well, it's lovely to have you on the show. The loose conceit of this show is that I ask people if they have a life philosophy of any kind. So yes. whether it be work, life, love, yeah. friendship, whatever. Yeah. Obviously, as we talk about all these things, like those philosophies can come out. But do you have like a motto or – uh, something like that you could sum up your perspective, you know, in an easy way like that? I've kind of abandoned it, but for many years, I very confidently said, life's a joke, feel the vibes. And um, I like that because you're like, the world is so outrageous and every day the, the weird things that come at you, even as in a privileged position of being a comedian, are so fucking ridiculous that you just have to be able to treat it as a comedy because otherwise it'll be a tragedy very quickly and you can get bogged down so you've you've got to be able to have a laugh at everything i love the expression tragedy plus time equals comedy you know like being able to laugh at something in, in the past and being able to turn and that's the, what's, that's the privilege as a comedian i think okay here's here's my here's what i learned from that and this is my fundamental thing when i was starting in comedy i was so nervous i used to shake my hands would shake i would just be like obsessively checking over i was kind of a dimitri martin knockoff at the time mm -hmm. so i had a flip pad and I was so nervous, I'd obsessively checking my flip pad was in the right order and stuff like that, and all my jokes were meticulously planned. And uh, a comedian from New Zealand called Steve Wrigley, you'd probably know him. I do know Steve. He, um, he, he, he goes, what are you worried about, man? And I go, I'm worried that my ease will fall over and my notes will be in the wrong way. And he goes, bro, that'd be hilarious. And he's like, bro, this is comedy. You're a comedian. Yeah. The more it People goes would wrong. People laugh at it. Yeah, the yeah. better. And it was like literally last night on stage, the microphone fell out of the cord and then um, that got a huge laugh. And then I observed that I could actually do the gig in the tiny room that I'm in without a microphone anyway because my right. voice is so freaking loud. <laughs> and I'm six foot six. Yeah. We don't even need a stage. So I can step off yeah. stage and be like, we don't even need a stage here at this point. And the that stage was the could collapse, the microphone could stop working, and you would still be 100 absolutely fine. fine. Yeah. In fact, to be honest, you would still be a little overkill in the room yes, that you're in. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And so that was so uh, – and that's so lovely. If you can look at life that way, yeah. and everything that bad that happens to you as a comedian, you get like frisked to airport security or whatever. You're like, this is gonna, we, we can turn this into material. That was a bad example because frisked to airport security is known as hack material. But like, I don't, you know, like that would be a yarn. Like there's anything that I mean, goes wrong. Hack, hack material that only in that, like the, the reason that things become hack material, it's the reason that aeroplane material became hack material is because a lot of people who are comedians catch aeroplanes. Yes. And they are observing these unusual things that happen and yeah. unusual things happen in those circumstances. So yeah. it becomes hack because of the quantity of people who do it, not because the nature of the material itself, the material itself might be as valid or interesting as anything else you're oh, doing. And because it's good and funny, yeah. you know, like my parents still love that. You know, they went to Jerry Seinfeld and had the best night of their lives mm. and he was doing a lot of stuff that other comedians would probably stay away from. But you're like, yeah, it's thrilling yeah. for people who don't live and breathe comedy like the freaks that we are. You know? Yeah. The first person who noticed that aeroplane food didn't taste very good was like, Genius. everyone was like, yes, yes, we have been oh, I, I, thinking this and no, <laughs> why it, didn't someone say it? It's my dream and my nightmare <laughs> at the same time that I will write a joke that's so iconic that it will go viral. Yeah. And then, you know, like just think of every meme you've ever seen, like. The first person who made the meme where it's the guy holding the girl's friend's hand and looking at the other girl, they were a comedy genius who created like a joke that has gone on for way too long, but like six or seven years that, that the M&M's brand started appropriating and stuff. And you, you must go, man, I, I should get millions of dollars for this. This is my IP. And you'd, you'd feel kind of proud and kind of ripped off at the same time. But I don't think I've, I've ever written a joke that anyone's wanted to steal. Have yet. you had anything that's gone viral? 
Like, I mean, there must be something that you've done, like not, in the world that you live in, that perhaps has gone viral. I would have to think about it, but not really. Like, mm. only Kiwi viral, but like, I, I mainly exist <laughs> in New Zealand. You know, you know, if your tweet gets a hundred likes, you're like, I'm cooking today. I'm Kiwi you know? viral. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, so tell me about uh, your. Like you, you said, you love that expression. You know, tragedy plus time equals comedy. What is the name of your comedy festival show? There's just been a. Well, I wasn't trying to plug my comedy festival show, but that was, uh, uh, you know, no, my this is me being is... a good interviewer. This is me listening good. and then like weaving it together so we can talk about your is show. This, I, I'm not, I'm not taking a dick here. Is this hard for you? Because for me as a comedian, I wouldn't be able to host a podcast like this because I talk. Too, there's something wrong with me. I talk too much. And as a comedian, we're generally like that. And a lot of comedian podcasts you'll go on to, like they'll do more talking than the people who are interviewed. So the fact that you're listening so much at the moment, I'm very impressed by. Well, look, I'll talk plenty as well. I mean, there was that whole hat chunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, but I'm just like, it just, yeah, I, I, I very much yeah, appreciate you having me on the podcast. And um, yeah, I'm impressed by your interviewing skills thus far. Uh, comedy plus, uh, comedy plus time make, uh, tragedy equals plus tragedy. time equals comedy. comedy. Is, the, is the same. What is the name of your show? My, my show is um, comedy plus time equals tragedy, mm. um, which is it's a bit too close to a Patton Oswalt one, which was called, um, I think, uh, tragedy plus comedy equals time or something right. like that, which is very funny. <laughs> That's just a joke. But my um, my show is based on the idea of, um, normally I hate talking about what my show is called and what it's about, but this time it's actually like what I'm so passionate about, so this is great. It's about um, comedy aging badly, comedians aging badly, and people saying, oh, you can't say anything anymore, people get too easily offended these days. Yeah. And my show is like, my show will be very offensive, but in hopefully a new way that you can say, I hope I'm punching in the right direction. And I'm also hope that I want to prove that like everyone gets offended. That's the core tenant. It's like the people who claim they don't get offended are just people who haven't had shit come their way. And I always think if you claim you don't get easily offended, I want to come to your house and I will ruin you. Because uh, I'm like, I'm that toxic. I can do it. Yeah. I believe any guy who thinks, yeah, I can take jokes. All they mean about that is that like, you know, like all we're saying now is like less trans jokes, like less, yeah, and, and trans people can still have a laugh and enjoy jokes, but like Dave Chappelle, don't de devote seven Netflix specials to it, you know? Yeah, better, better, more, more appropriate and proportional trans jokes as well. Yeah, and, 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 and more original as well, yeah. and, and, and less sexist jokes, less racist jokes, but you can still be offensive as hell. And I think my show, I like to think it's offensive. Maybe I'm some sort of weird edgelord, but I like to think that I'm pushing the boundaries in different ways. Oh my God, listen to my talk about myself. This is the this whole is so point of this podcast. Yeah. Is to, for you to, like, if this is not the safe space to have this conversation, then I don't know where it is. Yeah. Because this is literally a podcast that is about the idea of like comedy, comedians, philosophy. Like, this is exactly what I want to talk about. And I want to talk about it with you in the way that you want to talk about it because I am. So you're a younger guy yeah. looking at what came before and yeah. people my age. I'm the exact same age as Dave Chappelle. Like guys like Ricky Gervais and these other people who complain about cancel culture are slightly older than me. Yeah. But Dave Chappelle and I are exactly the same age. And it, it is people of my generation or slightly before my generation, but certainly of my generation yeah. who have become these old, you can't say anything anymore, yeah. comedians. Yeah. And it's something that I constantly wrestle with that idea of going, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I've always been a guy who thought that progress is a good thing. Yeah. It's not linear. Yeah. Um, you're not always going to understand it if it's not like the way that you look at the world. Yeah. Like I'm certainly a person who's like, I'm not a I'm not on TikTok. 
I don't think that TikTok is dumb. Yeah. I think that TikTok is not for me. Yeah. And people, they can go and have whatever they and whatever the other equivalents of TikTok are. I'm just using TikTok as an example there. Yeah. But then you wrestle with that idea of as a comedian. So one of the bits in my show, attacking it in a different way to what you are, but yeah. I have this piece in my show about George Michael's song Outside. And essentially the whole point of that bit is to make that point that you're making, which is these people who say that comedy was better 25 years ago. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Because 25 years ago, we made homophobic jokes about George Michael. Yes. Like, you know, being Are you referencing Bill Hicks specifically? Oh, well, I mean, just, it, it, the, yeah, the people who made jokes at that time. Because, oh, bro, this is- Including Bill Hicks. Can I like, say I'm loving this conversation? Yeah. And it, it, everything you say, I've got like five little tangents. Okay, well, that's about. fine. We've got time. First of all, to the, the, your audience who doesn't know me, I realize that I sound like the worst person ever. And I, I realize that I'm annoying. And if I wasn't me, I would hate me. There's the first caveat. <laughs> the second thing is, I think you're a comedian that um, has aged um, aged uh, very well, which is, a, which, is a, which is a tough thing to do. Because as a comedian- um, comedians don't age well, which is another se- se- for for multiple reasons. For one, your material becomes tired. B, your audience just gets old and dies. C, um, a lot of comedians have bad histories, obviously, or you know, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of sex offenders in our industry. Um, and then, um, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'm so excited. I've got so many things I want to say. But Bill Hicks, just briefly, because I'm assuming you're a huge comedy nerd. I love Bill Hicks, huge influence, absolute revolutionary in comedy. You go back, I was in lockdown, I listened to his albums, and I'm like, this is pretty bad, a lot of it. And I don't mean bad as in like, it's aged badly. I'm like, this is just pretty shitty material. But it was, I mean, it was revolutionary for the time. You look at it in the context. But he finishes it with the most poetic bit. At the end of one of his specials, he talks about life being a ride, and it's an amazing ride, and we're all just on it. And we see people who say, hey, guys, it's just a ride. There's no need to be afraid. We kill those people, and that's his big punchline. He leaves. It's the best finish to any comedy probably ever. But that bit is so beautiful. I listen to that just by itself. It's not even that funny. I just love it. That bit makes up for all the horrific comedy he's done before that <laughs> and makes him a genius. And the two bits that really get me are his George Michael jokes. His jokes are just yes. that George Michael's gay. And then George Michael was gay. That's not even a good material. You're just outing a guy who is trying to, because of the way the industry pressures you to be like a, a sex symbol for for women and for like straight men. Um, so that was just, that's the yeah. worst material. And the other the mater- worst because and just on the George Michael. I, actually, you know what? You you say the other thing, and then we'll loop back to George Michael. The other bit that freaked me out is he talks about a singer that I've never heard of. He talks about a young like Britney Spears type. You know how Britney Spears blew up when she was like 16. And at the time, I was like, that's a hot woman. But looking back on it now, I was like, that's yeah. weird. A she's child. that young. She's it's a, a child. Chi- a sexualized child. Yes. yes. And you, oh, it's so funny on the Wikipedia how hard yeah. they go to go. The director said. Don't dress her like a sexy child, but but um, Britney Spears was like, no, I want to look like a sexy. And I was like, I don't think that was sixteen year old Britney Spears' dream to dress like a middle aged man's fantasy or something. You know, no, like, singing a song called "Hit Me Baby One More Time." Yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. She a lot had, of it on paper. When you look at it on paper, is like this. I feel like there was some bad course made here. All the guys <laughs> who made it, they logged onto the Wikipedia and have been yeah. editing it very much. Um, but no, I, I was going to say is that he. Bill Hicks makes fun of a, a musician like that and talks about, I think, how he wants to sleep with her or something, and she's like 13 or something. It's so bad. And I'm like, I love how that guy's like an intellectual thought leader. Um, anyway, sorry, that's all I want to get off my chest. Um, back no, to you, I, I want to hear about Bill Well, so I agree with what you're saying, So, which is that that doesn't mean that like Bill Hicks was making bad choices then. They were the choices that people made then. Yeah. And like, like you said, so much of his material is revolutionary. But, like, but if you're arguing 
that we should still be making those bad choices with yeah. the information that we now yes, have. Yes, yes, That's a completely different thing, Great right? Point. Great point. Like, you know, I don't think we should like be – you know, judging people via time machine, that, yeah. <laughs> like that we should be going back That's and saying, a great line. not only, you know, do you need to be a stand-up comedian, but you also need to be a futurist yeah. who knows what like things you're talking about right now are going to be problematic in 10 years yeah. from now or 15 years yeah. from now. But, yeah. But, but I do think why argue for that? And then what you're saying, that next point, which is, of course, you, I'm so sick of people saying to me, Oh, it must be hard to do comedy these days when you can't say anything anymore because yeah. you can still say anything you want. Mate, Donald Trump was elected president, president. of the United States. I reckon you're going to be all right doing some material at an open mic night in Geelong on a Tuesday. There was a know? tape of him saying he'd like to grab women on the pussy, <laughs> like a tape of that. Was, and that came out before he was president. Yeah. And he was still yeah. elected he president. Was, he was, people liked him for that because they were like, yeah. he's, he's, he's fallible. He's, he's human, you know? Which is kind of an interesting point. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and for the people listening, though, when we say, I, I totally agree with you, we need to leave jokes that were made in the 70s or 80s or whenever in the past. Um, but we don't mean, like, we still need to remember, like, the, um, the horrible shit that happened in terms of, like, genocides or, uh, you know, like we need, there's, there's, there's things we do need to remember. The war in Vietnam and stuff. Don't forget that shit or World War II. Don't forget the Nazis. But we're just saying, like, jokes can be left when they were and we don't need to dig it up on the internet and relitigate them because it's, it's gone. I've, that's what I think. Yeah. You know, I and I think that in, in general in society, we should be aware of judging people on the standards of the day. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean people should get a free pass. Yeah. But we should keep the context. Context is what all we're asking. Yeah. It's the same when somebody, like one of your, your jokes gets taken out of context yeah. and becomes scandalous online or yeah. a clip. They've just removed the context. Yes, of course. Context is super important. And even like a bad taste joke, a joke that I wouldn't necessarily endorse. Like, yeah. you know, I'm like, that's not my sort of joke, yeah. you know. If it was in the context of a room where that is what people have come for of that course, night, what they've paid for, it's a different context to somebody just rolling into like a regular gig and making that same joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in my show, George Michael, I'll, and then we can talk more about this. Okay. So instead of me just saying that, what I wanted to do was try to show that. Yeah. And so I go back to that George Michael incident and I tell the story about him writing the song Outside because – for people who don't know, the song Outside that George wrote, Michael wrote was the first song he wrote after being arrested for the Public uh, Lewdness Act. What he did wasn't that – was it Was it that bad what he did? I, I remember it being a huge scandal. It, the, a cop took down his pants. And, it was entrapment for a start. Like That's like the thing that people absolutely forget about this. Yeah. So the cop takes out his dick first. Wow. So you're in a public toilet yeah. and a cop shows you his dick. Yeah. Probably not a moment where you're like, he's probably a cop, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so <laughs> so George Michael. Does he have like a, a police logo on his penis, no. I don't think. And George he Michael, because he's got good manners, like shows his cock in return. Yeah, That's lovely. It. And know, there's I mean, two dudes having a great time. Right. And how what arseholes were we for like get, getting on George Michael for that? Because we roasted him forever for forever. that. Forever. Yeah. I mean- so anyway, I won't do the jokes that are in the show, but the, what I wanted to do was recontextualize that story and tell how he took this moment yeah. that was shitty and he turned it into this incredible thing. And that's the story we should be telling. Yeah. But the whole point of me doing that bit, the yeah. reason that I wanted to do it yeah. was this idea of going, I don't want to just tell you that we shouldn't be talking about things the way that we did 25 years ago. Yes. I want to show you. Yeah. I want to go back to there and yeah. go, is would you prefer me to now do 10 minutes on yeah. of homophobic jokes about yeah. like George Michael in a public toilet? Yes. Or 
Can I talk about George Michael in a public toilet? Yeah. But tell you this whole other story about this that you don't know. Yes. It is actually. Yeah. It recontextualizes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, when people it. say you can't talk about something, you can talk about anything. Yeah. It's how you talk about it. I now desperately want to know if you have like jokes uh, in your past that like haunt you or anything like that. I do. Yeah. Do you? Uh, definitely things. Yeah. 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 I um. Yeah. I dressed as a. Uh, uh, I worked on a, a, a TV show. I, I always compare it to like Rove or Hamish and Andy in New Zealand. It's called Jono and Ben. And um, we did sketches. And uh, it was kind of a joke at the time that like every time a pop star would arrive in New Zealand, uh, would give them a, a, a Maori welcome, an indigenous welcome, which is a lovely idea. However, some of these promoters and producers really skimped on the indigenous welcome. And like sometimes it was like a proper cup of hucker, and other times it seemed like three guys in a, in a costume they'd hired, right? And that's what it seemed like. And so we were kind of mocking that idea. Anyway, most of the time on the show, the um, costume department was very half-assed. They'd go to a $2 shop and buy a couple of cheap props. On this day, they absolutely nailed the brief and got me like a, an artifact from a museum to wear as like the indigenous Maori outfit. I was already uncomfortable doing it when we put on this like really almost like sacred garb. And I'm like, there's footage of that. It's on cameras. And it's so cringe looking back on it now. And I'm just, um, it's not bad. It's not like no one would really care. I don't think Maldi people would even really kick up a fuss. But I'm just like deeply embarrassed that we even tried that. I don't think it was my idea, but I definitely go, yeah, I'll do that. And, you know, just just little things like that. And there's definitely lines I've said on stage or ways of rebutted hecklers or something like that where I'm like, that was too far or that was fucked up. You know? Oh, uh, heaps. Like, yeah. I mean, the truth of it is that there's a lot of them for me. Some of which, well, you've been doing comedy for so long. Like yeah. You started in the nineties, am I right? That's right. Yeah. So this is twenty. So I'm doing, yeah. So like, I think I started in uh, ninety six or something like that. Well, it would be an so, amazing. And you got a lot of. I remember I, I had a cassette tape that you were on that was like Australia versus New Zealand comedy. Oh my god! So I mean, like two thousand one. I almost think. Did you have long hair at one yeah, point? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, you're completely nothing wrong with that. You you, you seem so embarrassed. You're like <laughs> it's just my it worst feels, confession. No, it feels like it's so. I, I saw Lewis Garnham the other night. I've told this story a couple of times recently, but I, I was in the region room at the town hall and uh, I was watching his show. That The region room at the town hall was the first place that I ever did a show at the comedy festival. And um, so I'm sitting in the audience at the, you know, and he's talking about being 27 and what it's like to be 27 and how he feels like, you know, he's older now and whatever. Yeah. And I did the maths in my head as I was sitting in that room going, oh, yeah, when I was standing where you were, you weren't born. Yeah. But that's how long ago it is. Like this whole, there was this real fully grown human complaining about being old on stage where I was like, wow, you yeah. weren't even a huge, like you did not even exist yeah. as a person when I started doing what you did. So absolutely culturally, yeah. there are things that I would have said that, but the truth of it have is. you put it up on stage? Cause I, I was like, you, cause you've probably got footage. You've done so much TV. You've got probably got footage. A lot of the things you maybe regret. You could actually play it to the audience and then dissect it. And that would be so much fun. I reckon. You okay. you, you're not you're not enjoying this. You're, no, you're not saying it's fun. No, I no, I would enjoy that. Yeah, I I think reckoning with it is the most interesting part of it. Yeah, and sometimes I've tried to do it on stage. Like, yeah, and in fact, if anything, sometimes my shows are responses to things that I've said or done in the past that yeah. I even if the audience don't know that, even if I'm not going, yes, here's the clip yes, and blah yes. blah blah. Yeah, I love that. Like I am it's like still therapy. It's like yeah, therapy. Yeah, lovely. Still, sometimes working through, here's a better take on that topic, or here's a yeah. more nuanced take on that topic, or a non black and white. Because as you get older, your comedy gets a lot more grey as well. Yeah. Like I don't 
ever think I was perfect, so I don't regret having done things that I got wrong because I'm yeah. very happy to learn, learn and more forward. and move forward and but that's, discuss But that's the that. thing. That's the thing of people who are terrified about cancel culture and stuff. It's like, I think pretty much everyone who we know have been cancelled, with the exception of, like, Bill Cosby. Yeah, it's also fair to say... Bill Cosby didn't get cancelled. No, Bill he's Cosby still, he's is not even a, in jail. The, the idea that we even talk about him in a conversation around comedy and cancellation, yeah. it's not. Yeah. That's a whole different Louis thing. Louis C.K. got a Grammy. Yeah. And, and I, but I, my, That's uh, a more interesting conversation because- I'll, I'll have it if you want to have it. But, yeah, um, uh, but uh, I was just going to say that um, I think everyone is redeemable, pretty much. Everyone deserves a second chance. And I was like, I would totally forgive, say, Chris Brown- if he had learnt from his mistake, uh-huh. apologised, made up. He could spend the rest of his life, he's a famous person, being a domestic violence advocate, but he yep. hasn't. He's become like more of a fuckwit, and so that's why. And, and, uh-huh. and that's my position on Louis C.K. as well. I think Louis C.K., what he did was um, was not great, not bad. Great. But then on top of that, the way he has like joked about it and not seemed completely unapologetic, I, in my opinion, that's uh, not okay and, and, and really bad as well, and that's why I resent him a little bit. Mate, I... I'm loving this, by the way. This yeah. is a great conversation, and I. But I also feel like we see these things very similarly. We, yeah. Like, okay. The Louis C.K. one in particular. Yeah. So here's my feelings about that as well, which yeah. was he was absolutely no doubt like one of, if not the best comedian in the world. He like, was he was basically rated number one yeah. by mo- a lot of people. He, I, and I was one of those people. I think if if you'd asked me at the time, you know, who are the best people doing it, I, his name would have been one that definitely would have been top of mind for me. Like. Yeah. I loved the structure. I loved his perspective. I'd seen him live. I'd seen him do what he does. Like, I, I loved yep. it. And I thought he was also the person who was in the best position to when the allegations came yeah. out to be able to say, here's, I, I acknowledge what I've got wrong. Yeah. Here's how I'm going to go about yeah. making sure this doesn't happen again. Yeah. Here's me pulling apart. Like, here's this show that I'm going to write yeah. that is going to be about yeah. how I fucked up yeah. and you know, what I've done to like yeah. make sure that that won't happen again and, yeah. and, and shows you all how I acknowledge that I genuinely understand the hurt I've caused to other people, that yeah. the power that was exerted yeah. behind the he scenes. Could have, he, could have do, he could have donated the millions of dollars that it earns right. to charities because he's rich as fuck, you know? Like, he could have... The whole yeah. next special. He said, I'm going to do this apology tour. Yeah. Like, you know... Like, yeah. and genuinely, because like he would have made the world enough, a better place. Yeah. And then say, and also, by the way, every bit of money, like, out of this. Yeah. Instead, he was like, ah, oh, there's a whole audience who will just be coming to my shows regardless. And no, he, well, it's because he doesn't think he did much wrong. No. And he's got Clearly. merchandise that says sorry. Yeah. And uh, he called it sorry. And he's like, he's like mocking the whole idea of it. And I, I actually watched this video. I was not a Louis C.K. fan. This is embarrassing to admit. I've actually liked Louis C.K. more since the special. I wouldn't support that as a fucked up thing to say. Can I just rewind, rewind? He's what, comedy, you mean? He's so funny. Yeah, he's and funny. And he had, I, I hated his sexual stuff. I because he, he was really sexual. It was so bad as a comedian because you go to an open mic night and every because he's a very experienced comedian who could handle that material. Every open micer cannot do their jizz material, or whatever. And you just go to this most like a Monday night in, in Auckland would be the most disgusting material you've ever heard. Like every teenage boy's is gross confessions and that bomb and bomb and bomb doing this because if you you won't bomb that hard if you just do normal material about airport or something but if you're talking about jizz it'll be so quiet it'll be like you want to like punch yourself in the face just to knock yourself unconscious so you don't have to hear it anymore and uh so he was a t- i didn't like his sexual material and since then the one good thing is that his meant his material has been slightly less sexual and i've actually preferred that 
but I haven't wanted to support him and I thoroughly denounce Louis C.K. I think he's a wonderful comedian, but like I'm just so disappointed and obviously the um, sexual misconduct allegations and then on top of that, just the way he's handled it has been infuriating That's to me and me I think that it was really the thing negatively that, There was a way back. Yes. That wasn't such a huge, that wasn't such a huge transgression mm. that you couldn't have, like, I mean, it was to the people that affected. Absolutely. Of course. Like, and he would have to understand that and talk about that and really take on board that he had yeah. sincerely affected some other people's lives forever. It yeah. isn't just as he describes it. Now, you know, my kink. No, yeah. it wasn't that. Yeah. Like the power dynamics there were out outrageous. Yeah. And then the power that was expressed off stage to keep that quiet and to hide his secret horrific. and to protect him yeah, you've was it. horrific. Yeah. And that and you can't move on and not acknowledge that. Yeah. But his comedy Yeah. Yes. His comedy's great. And this is where it's it like Michael Jackson is probably yeah. the greatest pop star ever, but I also believe he's a, a pretty horrific uh, human being, you know? I'm not gonna play him before my show. It's interesting, isn't it? Like so that but would you if you're in the car by yourself and Yeah. Yeah, because well, it's childhood nostalgia as yeah. well, and I love that music. But I do also think about, yeah, it also makes me reflect and gross out because I can't get like the documentary and stuff out of my out of my head. It's it's a, it's a really tricky one, but you don't want to promote it anymore. There's an argument that I hear a lot, and I'm not sure where I like what I feel about it. So I'd love to hear what you think about yeah, it. Yeah, you got to hear is... from another white man. I think that's important. <laughs> What's my take? Uh, no, I'm but... loving this conversation, white, by the way, but this must be the most common comedian on comedian podcast conversation ever. So I hope it's not tedious for the fans, but I personally am loving it. I, I'm i not sure that this is either though. Like, I mean, I do think that there is even a hesitance, hesitancy because I want to circle back to Dave Chappelle in a minute. Yeah, um, get stuck in. I think there's a hesitancy to to discuss these people in a critical way. I like, was worried saying it to you because I was like, for all I know, Will lived in LA. For all I know, he's mates with Louis C.K. I don't know. I, and you might be like, edit it out, man, because my manager's Louis C.K.'s manager or some shit. I, I know, know them both. My manager is Dave Chappelle's manager. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. No, so that is all true. But I think it's important we have these conversations. Yeah. The, the thing I was going to ask you is, I hear an argument in relation to Michael Jackson quite a lot, and I'm not sure how I feel about it, which is that if you – like he wasn't the only one who made Billy Jack, you know that. Like he, yeah, 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 yes, Michael Jackson is the singer, but he doesn't benefit from it anymore. He's not with us. There are a whole bunch of other people, producers, you yeah, know, musicians, songwriters, or whatever, who aren't yeah. terrible people, yeah, who worked on that. Yeah. Are you like? Can you enjoy it? Like, I mean, yeah. I guess, I guess what I'm asking is, like, I hear that quite a lot that of people. Music saying, is in your bones. Yeah, you can't give it up. It's like it's exactly like the Catholic Church. Like I grew up Catholic, and Catholicism is still in me, whether I want it to be or not. It's what I grew up with, and like, there's still positive memories about the Catholic Church for me, even though it's a really fucked institution, and I will denounce them every chance I get because horrible. The reason Bill Cosby's not in jail is because in Philadelphia, the statute of limitations is only like four years because the Catholic Church lobbied. It's so fucked. Um, so yeah, the evil—it's the evil you do, and then the evil they do afterwards to cover it up, as we've been talking about. Um, with Michael Jackson, absolutely can I enjoy it. Yeah, it's some of my favorite music, but um, yeah, I'm just not going to promote it or anything like that or, you know, like put it before my show. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, yeah, can I still enjoy it? Yes, I can. But like, I'm not going to talk about it and not going to, as I said, I, I, I made the very embarrassing admission before that I enjoy Louis C.K.'s recent albums, but I still think he's, yeah, he's embarrassing and he's, he's ruined his own legacy. Oh, he has. And it's sad to me because, actually because of what you say, because some of his comedy is still like yeah. I mean he had a bit about 
like you know measuring COVID cases in nine eleven. Yes, which oh, is yeah, he's, one yeah, he's of great. Yeah. the great pandemic jokes. Yeah, like, this is good, man. You got me in the hot seat. I don't want to talk about this. I haven't admitted this to anyone before. I haven't. I'm trying to keep this like real quiet because I publicly I want to just yeah. denounce Louis C.K. every time I helped spear a um, petition to stop Louis C.K. from coming to New Zealand. And the reason being, I know it sounds ridiculous to some people, saying like, "There's a comedian who cares. He hasn't gone to jail. There's no yeah. charges against him." It's because uh, in comedy, um, sexual assault is a major, major, major it problem. Is. It's a major in problem. New Zealand. It's a major problem. To put it in context for people, they had a hui in New Zealand for um, women in comedy. They had to up upgrade the room it was in three times because. Uh, the number of people, they, you know, they thought 12 people come along to talk about the problems in the industry. They got like two, like every female comedian came to talk about it. It was crazy. And it was like, it's such a major problem. And I got asked to talk about it on New Zealand TV. And then um, I, I got up in the morning to do it. And I just, I didn't even say anything bad. I just said, I just said like, yeah, I think he's a sex offender. You shouldn't go support a show. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he's repentant. And, and the, you know, the headlines like Guy Williams slams Louis. I didn't slam him. I just read out his Wikipedia. And, you know, I wasn't saying anything controversial at all, I don't think. But like... Yeah, you just get into that weird yeah, online culture wars and stuff like that. So I, I think Louis, Louis C.K. is uh, very, very disappointing. I don't think anyone should support him or his live shows, but I still agree that he's a very talented comedian. So this then gets to the area where talented comedians, what is a proportional, uh, like, you know, I'm not saying that yeah. you, you can't talk about anything. Like, yeah. of course, you should be able to talk about every topic. But then, like, a certain topic becomes an obsession for comedians. So this circles us back to Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle, again, one of those people that has been in the cultural zeitgeist of when people name who are the best people at, the, at, at who do what we do. Yeah. He is a name that is always constantly measured in that, mentioned in that conversation yeah. as well. He's one of my favorites of all time. But then again, so is Bill Cosby. Yeah. 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 Well, again, Bill Cosby was a – Great. He uh, was he was yeah. potentially the greatest. Like he was he was up there top five for a lot of people for a long time. And I I used to joke that like um there used to be an argument like who's the greatest of all time, Richard Pryor or Bill Cosby. And then the one good thing about Bill Cosby's allegations is it made it really easy to say Richard Pryor. Yeah. But Richard Pryor uh, Richard Pryor was also yeah. very problematic in his own very. in own ways. Um. But yeah. But like I mean, yeah. there was a lot of like you know I mean domestic was, violence in general like historically has been like it's very hard to look. There's a whole bunch of people who. You know, would be struck off our cultural, um, you know, registers yeah. based on John Lennon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mm. uh, we, we're both on the same Reddit pages, obviously. I can see, <laughs> I can see. But this has been, yeah, it's good to it's good to talk about this some of someone because I don't talk about this with many people. And, so the, yeah. it, the interesting thing about Dave Chappelle to me is that, well, firstly, look, there's a, and it's the same a bit with Ricky Gervais to me, which is like inequality of like power dynamics. So like often. It feels like Ricky Gervais or Dave Chappelle are responding to negative tweets they got. Yeah, and there yes. is a place to respond to negative tweets. Yeah, which is Twitter. Yeah, like if you want to respond to a negative tweet, then respond on Twitter, but yeah. don't dedicate twenty minutes of your multi-million-dollar Netflix special to responding to a tweet online. That is yeah. disproportionate power to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? You know, regardless of the topic, that is not punching up. That yeah. is punching down because you're a multi-millionaire with like an army of people who support yeah. you, and they sent a tweet. Yeah, but at the, I love. I, I really do think Dave Chappelle is a brilliant comedian. We and, all do. That's not a hot take. Yeah, but I found the special that he did where he talked about horrific uh, and and his but, worst ever, and also just bad comedy because yeah. there's this without wanting to spoil it for people. There's this bit at the end where the essential, and I'm oversimplifying, yeah. but essentially it's like, 
and this is what I've learned and I'll never do that again. Like yeah. it's one of those sort of moments. Yeah. Which firstly, since that thing came out, He's absolutely kept doing exactly what he yeah. said that he would never do again. Yeah. But secondly, just in a comedy special sense, like we know that if the end bit of your comedy special is, and here is the moral of the yeah. story, like you didn't just come up with that moral of the story after saying all the other things and coming to that realization. Yeah. Like, so Great therefore, calculated. if you've come to that realization, why did you say all yeah, those things in the first place? Yeah, one? yeah, that's a great point. That where's, is a great point. Where's his version of what you challenged me on, which is, I would have loved, because he has the skill to do this, yeah. of him going, here's the jokes I used to make about trans people. Yeah. I will tell you them, and then I'll do 10 minutes dissecting why I'm wrong yeah. about what it is that I've done with this knowledge yeah. I now have. Yeah. That, to me, like you said about the Louis thing about what he could have done, Yeah, that's the power that Dave could have. And still could do, did. and still could do, and everyone yeah. can move forward and, and move forward. But um, there's a really good quote, which I'm going to butcher badly now, but it was some, it's by some famous author guy. And the quote was like, um, please do not let, allow me to accept, um, hear criticism and f see it as oppression or something like that. Or it's be, I can't even remember how the quote goes. And it's just like, that just me sums up all these comedians. Like Louis C.K. almost thinks he's the victim now. Dave Chappelle thinks he's the victim. And it's what everyday people who are terrified of cancel culture feel. It's like, you get told off, you go, oh man, you can't see, say that. And that feels like such a social shaming that you go away and ruminate on it because, you know, your joke died at the dinner table. And then you're like, oh, cancel culture is bad. And like, oh, you can't say anything anymore. They're just like flipping out over mild criticism because as comedians, we're so often worshipped that we're not ready for that little bit of pushback. Um, I had a lady confront me just recently and um, say like, you know, like I need to, you know, learn more about some of the things I'm talking about because I'm, I'm wading into deep water where I don't really understand what I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah, that's a totally fair criticism. And I need to, I, like, I want to invite her to my show um, just because I'm like, I do need to be told because otherwise I, I don't learn, you know, because um, all we get as comedians is laughter and the laughter is just means you're doing a good job. And Dave Chappelle's been killing. Yeah, Dave yeah. Chappelle's been killing with that. So why would he change? Um, and Dave Chappelle, yeah, I think, I think it was light criticism and legitimate criticism six years ago. And unfortunately he has spiraled. And um, yeah, it's 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 really affecting his work and his legacy. And I still think he's one of the greatest comedians of all time. But what he's doing now is um, disappointing. And to be honest, I actually on I was on a podcast and I was like, "Hey, I got to leave the podcast. I got to go watch Dave Chappelle because I went to him in Auckland." And um, and 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 I, I probably wouldn't have gone had I seen his latest special because his latest special was like, I I thought a lot of the trans material was just shit material and not shit funny and, and not great. But then his last trans special was like, it's more of a TED talk at this point and just like an uninformed. Like if he, I, I can't believe he hasn't learned at all. Like there's been so many think pieces written about it. If he just read, <laughs> if he just read two short articles, he'd be like, oh yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. And he could like move forward and like learn, and he could be so funny about it. But like these guys have to learn, and some of them haven't learned. And I don't know why, I don't know why they haven't learned. But like I, I hope I'll continue to learn. How do you make sure that you can continue to learn? Is it just about being open to it, or is it about like? recognizing when you're being reflexively defensive like how do you make sure yeah like i publicly say it a lot is honestly like i i challenge other people to hold me to account you know like because and they do and they can and yeah. and i yeah but how do you do it yeah um i i well i i, I had a previously had a, a girlfriend who was very woke and that was really helpful because she'd go hey man um, when you talk about autism, people like that, that's a stereotype, a stigma they're trying to get over. So you, she, she wouldn't say don't do the joke, but she'd just be be aware of this. And I'd be like, so every time I've like kind of crossed the line like that, um, 
and I, I still think my moment is coming, you know? And I, with friends, we like to joke, like, what will be the thing we're talking about now that is, like, taboo? And um, uh, we joke, like, it could be something as simple as, like, maybe eating meat in Yeah, in I reckon eating time. meat is your number one. Like, if, be- I, if I'd have a guess, and I think <laughs> I do this thought experiment all the time, yeah. what is the thing that we think is totally fine now that will be in the future deemed as yeah. problematic? Yeah. To me, it's eating meat, I reckon. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. okay. But, like, yeah, but there must be some material or something like that I was like, here's here's my crazy theory, and no one said this to me. This isn't been thought of. This doesn't come from a university or even a, a think piece. I reckon making fun of stupid people, and and I look at I I come up worshiping John Stewart and all that kind of comedy and um, political comedy, and I, now I see that kind of comedy. I still love it. And I still love John Stewart, but I see it as being. Um, like the left wing version of like Fox News. Yeah, through, we, we, through a class prism. Like, yeah, it's, and, and it's like, like these John, people are dumb without any cultural context of why they might not be educated, how they're being misled. John Stewart was uh, a little bit Bill O'Reilly. Like that was his arrival back in the day. He was John Stewart versus Bill O'Reilly, and I was like, we we ate up the Daily Show. Like Fox News people ate up Fox News, and comedy is it's it's not as hateful and it's more fun, but it is as divisive because comedy really cuts deep. It really, if you have a joke made about you and you're the victim, and like you just doing this on Twitter, it's like I do jokes about smoking, tobacco companies being evil, right? That's like a, such a safe joke. Everyone knows, even people who smoke go, tobacco companies are inherently evil. But then you have got one guy go to me, hey, why the fuck you got to say it? that's fucked? And you'll go, what's the matter? And then you'll have four ch- a tweet conversation, and he'll go, um, my dad worked at a t- tobacco company for 25 years, and he's one of the best guys I know. Yeah. And then you're like, ah. Oh. We all have like these little trigger yeah. points, and comedy has made that guy yeah. hate me because he loves his dad. Up. Yeah, and now he'll probably hate because yeah. I'm associated with the Green Party. He'll probably hate the Green Party now because he's like the Green Party's intolerant of yeah, yeah, yeah. I look, I agree with that. Of course, you don't know the cultural context of these things. I think that like stupid, that's an interesting one because so much of it is class. Yeah, when we talk about this thing, yeah. if we're talking about people who are ill-educated, uneducated, misled. Like, we've we've always got to have the – it doesn't mean that you can justify necessarily somebody having, like, a hateful or bad opinion. Yeah. But rather than just going, you're an idiot for believing what you believe, yeah. let's trace that back a little to how has this person got in a position where yeah. this is the information that they believe to be true. But also being smart is a privilege. Like, you know, like in, in, in the modern society, like in New Zealand, we always looked at like, an example, our, our ex-Prime Minister John Key, he came from a state house, um, uh, you know, government housing through to being the Prime Minister and became very rich as a banker. But, and yeah, he didn't have, I mean, he was a, he was a white man, but he didn't have like the obvious like luxuries of going to a nice school or easily getting into university. Oh, he probably did because he was born so many years ago. But my point was going to be is that like, he did at least have intelligence and it's like, yeah, anyone can pull themselves up the way their bootstraps is they're very smart. And um, I probably couldn't do it. Like if I was born in a lower, in a struggling situation, I'm probably not smart enough to climb, but some people can climb out there. And I do think some people are just born dumb and we make fun of them because they love Nickelback and whatever bullshit they love. And we mock them as comedians, and that's just kind of so mean and just divides, and it pushes them towards um, other sources who will, you know, Donald Trump. Donald Trump comes out and says, "I love you. You're smart." You know, he literally said that. You know, when they, when they were raiding the the uh, the Capitol building, and he was like, "I love." He said, "I love you," or something like, "I'm proud of you," or it's like he's like saying what you what your dad used to say. So amazing, and it's yeah, like, and they, that's the they problem when, them in. Yeah. when Hillary Clinton calls them deplorables. Yes, yeah, it, it becomes a problem. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and they were offended by that. And I was like, basket of deplorables, that's the nicest thing you could say. I mean, they didn't probably understand what she was trying to say. <laughs> hey, what? Yeah, and here we nothing. are. We're punching down We've again. We've learned nothing. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's okay. They're not listening to this podcast. They've got three and a half hours of Joe Rogan to yes! get through today. Come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's punching up. It's fine. Joe, we're punching up to Joe. We're not punching down to them. It's Joe Rogan, man. Yeah, amazing. Uh, so how much of what this cu- current cultural climate, the one that you're you know, obviously discussing a little bit in your show, the, fa- the one that we've been discussing right now here, mm. how much of it is a legitimate response to the world in which we live and how much of it is marketing? Because there's certainly an element, once you broaden it out to Joe Rogan and the Joe Rogan wannabes and the... Andrew Schultz wannabes and the whoever else that, that those people might be the people who are now have the tours that are you know cancelled and triggered and yeah, you, know, you yeah. can't say this anymore and so they're good. performing to stadiums of people yes. who so so how much of it is legitimate do you think and how much of it is marketing? Um, yeah, well, great great point. It's such a good marketing pl- ploy. And I was going to say it for you because it was interesting when you said that you're like I've tried to learn and progress, and I was like financially it probably would be better Terrible, than just go I mean. yeah i know i mean it, much easier to do the opposite just to play yeah because your audience my age, ages with audience you my yeah age. yeah and go you everything can't... was better in the olden days yeah 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 and nostalgia is so is so lovely. all this new stuff is dumb yeah 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 all yeah. new opinions are dumb but on the on the flips <laughs> on, on the flip side you get to enjoy your life as a human being and you don't you don't want to become this like dark knight of comedy you know because those comedians always pretend they're happy because they got to go do weird you know, venues, they got to go to a church in like the outskirts or something like that because no normal festival or something will book them. It's like the, re- the, the, the flip side is you get to be a normal human being. You don't have to be in the, in the, in the tabloid news every day fighting for your jokes and stuff like I, that. I don't want to be. And also my measurement is always like if I got stuck in a corner of a party with a member of my audience, <laughs> would I be fine with it? Yes, that's lovely. Right? That's lovely. And most of the time I think, yes, I would be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of those guys. Yeah. I remember seeing one particular comedian who I won't even name because he was doing a TV show. I already know who you're talking about. Oh. <laughs> I reckon I already know. I already know. Okay, who's your guess? What do you, what's your guess based what? on what I've said so far? Chopper. Oh, interesting. That is a good example. It wasn't who I was going to talk about, but it's actually quite a similar example. So um, for people who don't know, you're not talking about Chopper, the actual person, Mark uh, Chopper Reed. The comedian. You're talking about Heath Franklin. Who I does love the character Heath Franklin. Chopper, I love the right? character Chopper. But he, he like because he's doing it, he's doing yeah. a character as he's a doing murderer. A character. He, create, he, he, he attracted an audience that maybe doesn't quite reflect what Heath is. And in a way, like... I think that it kept people away from seeing yes. that show yeah. who would have actually really loved yes. that show yes. because they perceived it to be yeah. like this sort of like one style of comedy, whereas actually he was very much satirizing a lot of what it was that he was this, talking this about is, within the character. This is exactly what happened to me as well, being on commercial radio and on a big popular TV show. Okay. Is that like, Well, talk yeah. me through your experience. That's more interesting. It's, it's, not, it's not that interesting. I was just going to say that you get put in a in a box as a certain type of comedian, like a big broad, you know, when you see a, a comedian from a commercial radio station, you know what you're going to expect, right? Yeah. You expect big broad comedy, uh, lots of laughs, lots of like, it's a boozy environment. 
And I was trying to do stuff that was a bit more like kind of hipster fe- festively. So I was kind of like the worst of both worlds. Where I, was, <laughs> I was pissing off my audience and I was also not attracting the cool audience that I had dreamed of attracting, yeah. that we all dream of attracting. Because they wouldn't come as well because yeah. they were like, oh, I don't want to go and see this like commercial see, guy off yeah, the radio. Yeah, yeah. I and you're like, I, no, Katie but Perry. I crave your yes. endorsement. Also, Katy Perry is fine. <laughs> Enjoy it. She's got some great songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, the comedian I was talking about was a guy called Daniel Tosh. He's an American comedian. Perfect. He had a, a TV show that was like a TV clip show called yeah. Tosh Point, Point o or o. It was something the like that. Biggest show on Comedy Central. Yeah, there was a real time where, like, particularly sort of teenage young men. Yes. Like, you know, he bro-y, was God. He was, and I went and saw him do this show, and he wanted to be yes. a clever, yeah. credible. Stand-up comedian. Dimitri Martin, which is basically yeah. where he was before he blew up on TV. Yeah. yeah. And his audience were yeah. this audience. And again, of people who were there to love him. It's yes. not like they weren't. Yes. Like, you know, so it was this real conundrum where you yeah. saw someone on stage going, well, this is my audience. Yeah. And they're here, like, because they love, like, you know, yeah. this is not a yeah. bad thing yeah. on the surface. Yeah. But it's just not what I want to be doing and, right now. And it's also the danger of irony is yeah. that you would pick up people who appreciate the joke on all levels. Yeah. <laughs> and, and a lot of people who appreciate it on the wrong level and laugh too hard and you're like, no, that's not how that's supposed to be going. Yeah. I have one example in my the George Michael thing that I was telling you to set the context of that story. I quote the uh, the UK Sun headline, uh, Rupert Murdoch owned Sun headline, which was zip me up before you go, go. And Every night, because the context is that I am about to pull apart how homophobic and mean this piece is. Yeah. So most of the audience impl- understands implicitly that they're not meant to giggle at that headline, yeah. right? That, but there's always two or three people yes, <laughs> who yes, just go, yeah, who yeah. find it funny. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, sorry, this yeah. is. In a minute, you'll understand why you shouldn't find that funny. But. Yes, 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 and that's and that's fine as well. And same when I'm talking about Louis C.K. at, at times, because I, I literally talk out there on the stage, and I'm like, comedy is about tension and release. And as soon as people hear the word release, they're like, oh, it's a jizz joke. Oh, I'm like, no, I just I need to say tension and release because that's the comedic term. I need to just change the wording so that doesn't get a laugh. But um, yeah. Yeah, Louis C.K. has done a great job of building up tension. Well done, man. Just waiting for that big release. And it's not a jizz joke. It's not a jizz joke. Yeah. Okay, so do you have a comedic philosophy yourself? Like, I mean, this you know, podcast is about the idea of like things having a philosophy, a point of view. Do you have one? Is there rules of comedy that you adhere to? Like, I mean, personal rules. No, right? I've changed. I've sold out. I get depressed because I started as deadpan one-liners. Uh-huh. I wish at Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. And now I scream into the microphone have you ever heard todd glass do um uh it's a do you know who todd glass is i know who he is but i don't know what you're referring to he's a so he's a brilliant american comedian for people who haven't uh, heard of todd glass on netflix and he is he's just and his podcast is this like he does this like live variety show with a band and like whatever but in this small he's just an incredible guy just but one of his favorite little Bits. And like, again, this is not even really a stage bit. This is kind of like one of those off stage bits. Occasionally we'll do it on a podcast is that he does uh, Mitch Hedberg lines in the style of Rodney Dangerfield. Ah. And if you love Mitch Hedberg, you would love this bit. Fuck, it I is just. Yeah. 
like the best. Anyway, okay. Yes. Okay. So, I've got to check that out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very keen. But I started as a deadpan one-liner comedian. I've changed. And I would say that um, I was excited to come to this podcast because I think I've been quite influenced by you because I think I've definitely stolen – I don't want you to come see my show because I've stolen um, your mic stand technique. That's a very <laughs> weird thing to steal. But also the way, more importantly, the way you <laughs> what do... What do you mean by that when you say that? Just um, like... I've definitely stolen... I've never seen anyone yeah. else do this. Um, you To emphasize punchlines, especially yeah. big like political ones, you'll lift up the microphone and slam it down. Yeah. And I've been doing that. <laughs> So sorry. Did you invent that? I mean, I might have. Did you? Yeah. You, I, I've never seen anyone else do it, yeah. and I've seen a lot of comedy. Yeah. And I, what I do do, and I actually like don't like use the microphone as much anymore, I will say in that regard. But I've all I've done is translate it into my, so the amount of time still where I'm like, we'll emphasize a punchline by clapping it out or whatever at the end, like, which is just that same wait, wait, thing. Wait, wait, what do you mean? Oh, like you clap while you're talking. Yeah, so it'll literally be that. So, so where it would have used to be like, oh, you know, a that, stomp, like yeah. stomping the microphone Oh, stand. so you don't use a stand anymore? I mean, occasionally, but like less, less like the stand, it's mic's still in the stand. But what I've noticed is I've taken it even further back from the microphone stand in that like yeah. the prop, the, st- the microphone's there for amplification. Yeah. But all this, like all, like whatever this is, like yeah. that is all, like I love I've always loved punctuation of things. Like yes. I've always loved that extra emphasis. Like yeah, when you okay. say using the mic stand to like bang, yeah. bang, bang. Yeah. To me now, often it will be about, and I'm not doing that. Like, you know, and you're like, this is, uh, anyway, that's, yeah. that's interesting that you said that. I like how deep you go. Yeah. And then, um, and then just you, you rock the microphone. And I don't, I don't mean like you rock the <laughs> mic, man. You're rocking it out there. You, you put the microphone on the bass and you like move it around. Like you're, Frank Sinatra or something, or Dean Martin or something, like a crooner. <laughs> and I've started doing that as well. That's very influenced. And also, what I learned from you, which is quite important, I think, is that um, you do political jokes that are going to be confronting for the audience, but you do it with a smile and with a, like, hey, you 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 kind of soften the audience up by smiling and laughing in the setup so people know it's, it's going to be okay. Because if you do it too, too deadpan, you come into fucking harsh they will be like oh that was very blunt and you've got to go like hey guys we're this is all in the style of fun even if it does sound like jarring you know like and that's where the comedy comes from. oh that's nice there's a part in this show where i'm essentially berating a thousand people for not wearing masks in my show yes. that is the classic example of that like if i when i went in a little bit angrier about yeah. it early they're it like, just did not work. Whereas, like, like, lost the, lost if the I'm like having fun with it, yeah. and I'm making fun of the fact that yeah. like the whole premise is basically there's only a few people wearing masks, but clearly they're there for the long haul. Yeah, you know, the rest of you guys going yeah. around raw dog and air care yeah. for you know. I don't, yeah. I don't know about your future plans. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like you're that interested. Like if if you're having fun, yeah, you can get away with a lot. Yes, more, yes, I and think. it's huge for me. And yeah. and in my hour show, great, I'm doing that good. But then when I come to do a lineup show, I've been really actually suffering around no I've been suffering but um trying to do political material on lineups because no one knows who I am in Australia I come out and um scream at the audience um sometimes and they're like what the f- what the fuck is this who the fuck is this guy and I don't know and I, I right now I think I just need to just soften it up and just do more relatable material just on the lineup but like I need to learn how to how do you fit in is it, it isn't it like though less about doing more relatable material and more about just being more relatable, being able to like bring them immediately into your world. Yes. Because relatable doesn't mean that they need to identify with you. I was talking to Nish Kumar with this, right? Like the idea is like Jerry Seinfeld, of course, like his appeal is, hey, have you 
like you've all noticed this yes, thing, right? Yes. Like that's relatable. Yeah. But I think sometimes for like a lot of other comedians, yeah. I know I am the case. I don't expect that anything I'm talking about is particularly relatable. Yes. Okay. Here's my take on this. Yes. Here's yes. why I'm angry at Roald Dahl and think yeah. we should be editing him. Like, do you mean it's not? Oh, I want to hear this. I got to see this show. This I'm is excited. Not a... You've teased it so well. <laughs> I really am interested in that now. Yeah. But I think that you've just got to take them immediately to you. And then whatever it is that you want to do, that's all you've just got to do is yeah. this is who I am. This is what I'm going to be like. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's about the relatability of material. It's just yeah. about how quickly can you take them in, like, because in your show, they've come to see you. Yeah. It's already yeah. your world, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. all you have to do is, like, what's your shorthand in a lineup show yeah. for immediately being able to get them from wherever they were for the rest of the show? Yeah. Into guys' world. Yeah, and the way I do that is I come out and say, I hate Australia, you're a bunch of cunts. I mean, that's real, negus. It goes bad. <laughs> it goes bad every time. And then the other comedians are like, no shit, it went bad, bro. Your opening line was calling the C word. And I'm like, yeah, but that the stuff that comes is worse. So yeah. like, if you're not on board at the C that's word. That's right. That's a warning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I got, um, I got, it was so bad, man. I got a, um, a message um, from my manager or whatever, producer saying, Hey, um, do you use the C word, the C bomb in your show? And I'm like, I don't think I do. What's the problem? And then um, my tech was like, oh, no, it's literally you, you said it at the top of your show. I was like, oh, yeah, I did. I'm so sorry about that. And I was like, why is this a problem? I thought the C word was acceptable in Australia. Yeah. And um, and they're like, oh, no, it, it's fine. You've just got to – your um, show is – um, classified as moderate strong oh, language. Yeah, and, and my brother was like, "What did you think? What did you yeah. think was strong language? The N word? Like, what do you? What? How can you go bigger than the C word?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's funny that it was moderate strong language." And I don't even want to say the C word anymore, but I I like it in the context of some jokes. And yeah, it is it is more sure. normalized in Australia and New Zealand than it is in other places. I mean, again, this, now then we talk about context. Yeah, right? I, I I don't like gendered swear words, and I and same I, I don't like when comedians say bitch. So it's I, it's it's very hypocritical of me to be cool with the word the c word, but I just love it. It's such a good word. I know I, I'm having a conundrum with the word bitch at the moment because I absolutely agree with you, but I have a um, line in my show that I like. I'm struggling to get rid of. Because you know, just when you're like, yeah, like, this is the line. You're addicted to the line. I'm actually, this will actually help. If I actually say the line now, I will have felt like I've burnt it. Yeah. And this might actually mean that I take it out okay, of the show. Okay, which, so I'm so excited. But here it is. Yeah. So uh, not even a great joke, but just one of those jokes that, you know, tickles you. Yeah. And it's not the joke. So I have a whole joke that goes after this. Yeah. This is just a line that links in between. Can I just say on the record, I hate when comedians do this. I, I love that you're doing this, but yeah. I hate it because I now have the anxiety of sitting here and I've got to like recognize where the punchline is and laugh. You I'm do bad. not. No, this is why I've lowered all the expectations good, around this good, not being good, the big good, joke. Good, good. Not and being... it won't play as well because it's not in the context of what else no. you're talking about. Yeah. And so the whole routine's about the art protests and how, remember the climate change art protests where people were throwing food at art? Yes. yes and yes, how yes. nobody, even people who might be members of the Greens Party, and no one liked those protests. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They were, were not endorsed by anyone. Yeah. Well, it turns out they are endorsed by one person for 15 minutes and on a comedy stage every night as I run through every one of those protests because I love them. <laughs> and the whole bit is meant to be about, I just, I think celebrating what they did, but also just pointing out how ridiculous all the arguments around that you would hear yeah. from people were. And one of them was like, you know, well, like, so the Mona Lisa had chocolate cakes thrown out like that and people were like, well, you know, like you can't damage it. The Mona Lisa, so this is the joke. The Mona Lisa is support, uh, surrounded by bulletproof glass. Yeah. The whole actual bit 
is about the very funny bit about bulletproof glass and other things that it might not stop. Yeah. Very funny bit to come. This is the one line. Uh, the Mona Lisa surrounded by bulletproof glass because the bitch made a lot of enemies. That is, yeah, that is yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. bitch, yeah, I can't, that word, yeah. like it, that, there's no point saying the line if I can't say bitch. Yeah. I, I would argue maybe there's no point saying the line, yeah. like, which is probably the right argument. Yeah. But, but the word is the joke. Yeah. The yeah. joke is, yeah. you know? I totally understand you know where I mean? you're coming from. Hey, can I be the yes. worst person in the world? Please and be the worst I'll ruin the, the joke in an even yeah. worse way. Okay, good. So I don't think the gendered word is the problem there. I think the worst thing is you're basically like adopting like, I don't know. I don't even know if this is right. This is yeah. my theory. Good. Black speak. You know, like, you know, like the bitch. Ah, the bitch, you know, yeah. Would that be like, I don't know right. who who started talking like that, yeah. but like it was like, you know, African-American comedians probably first. Yeah. And, you know, like I on stage, I'm bad at this. I always say like, motherfucker, this motherfucker, yeah. this motherfucker. And it's like not black people don't own that or anything, but like black comedians were the first no, people to probably I know bring mean. that to stage. The way you're saying it yeah. is a... And it's and and the way the way white guys get comedy ju- yeah. laughs a lot is by doing by being a clean looking white guy yeah. talking like Saying, a black guy from yeah. the nineteen seventies or something and and that's what as soon as I thought but I totally get I can see why that would be a big laugh I can see why people love it I could totally understand why and the I'm re- not even sure it is a big laugh or people love it I think you're overestimating <laughs> the appeal that it has in the room yes <laughs> yes 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 yes. But gender, gender six words, yeah, fuck, yeah. that's so good. But yeah. I agree. Like, like I mean, I think, and I actually love that point that you just made, which Thank about, you. because I think that there isn't, I hadn't thought of it like that. To me, it wasn't, I think there's a subliminal thing yeah. where in my head I'm like, someone's shooting at a thing that like that's drive-by culture. In my head, it was much more ancient sort of mafioso sort of yeah. like, that's actually where I'd put it. But the expression of it, yeah. to use that word, that's yeah. not like an old school word. That's a yeah. modern word. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. even you saying that makes me think, ah, oh, you know, yeah. what I love sometimes is when, like you say something like that. I'm glad I brought it up for that reason. Yeah. Where I think you're right. Yeah. And yet I've been telling this joke, like I've told it 30 times yeah. now. Yeah. Fine. And I've been doing comedy a lot more than like you yeah, have. Yeah, like I sh- I should know better. No, but, but we, you, but we you all were should. right, not me. We all should. And this is another yeah. this is another problem. This is another hard thing about being a comedian has gone as long as you have. Is that I th- I often wonder why is comedy such a young man's game? You know, like it's it's often such a young man's game. And why think, is that? Do you think? I think because when you have young, you have no inhibitions. Um, you, they let you get away with more for a start. Like if you do have a lot of fucked bits, they're like, oh, well, he's only twenty two. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it's just like you, the older you get, the more you get in your head, you're dissecting things like you are now. And you, once you realize why everything's wrong, <laughs> n- not even, not from a, not from a, um, PC culture or anything like what way you notice it wrong from a, my problem is hack. I go, I need to take that out cause that's hack or that's overdone or someone else is doing the similar bit. And that, that really gets in you. Whereas young people just don't give a fuck. You're just like, I'll just, I, I need to just get an hour worth of material. I've just got to say whatever the fuck I can. There's also that element of, I think it was Steve Martin who originally said it, which was Cancer jokes are funny until you know yeah. someone who died of cancer, yes. and so the older you get, yes, like the more you're like, oh, actually, the more you learn yeah. that, like, oh, I've actually got a friend who's got autism, mm, and they're yeah. not cool with that, or no. yeah, that Rayman joke that you made about casinos isn't yes. anywhere near as funny or original as you thought it was, yes. like, yeah, yes, 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 it's yes, actually yes. very, very poor taste, yes, <laughs> and yes. hacky, and dumb, and whatever. But so you, you should feel very proud that you have gone this long, and. Because my show's a bit about comedians aging badly and, you know, have, have stayed relevant. I think you should be really stoked with that. And you haven't had to 
promote every show with you can't say anything anymore because even Rowan Atkinson's doing that I was like Rowan Atkinson you're not even you've not even an offensive comedian but who's also, offended by Mr. B who's offended no Jerry Seinfeld's not offensive and he always comes out and says people get too easily offended Jerry Seinfeld's never been offensive I mean you would have thought that Mr. Bean is the one character who can get away with not being able to say anything anymore yes! like I mean yes! literally you weren't saying yes! anything in the first place yes that's a good gag that's a good gag that's a good bit yeah uh Tell me about how you got into comedy. So uh, I was talking to the other guy, New Zealand's other guy, Guy Montgomery, yeah. and he was talking about Di Henwood's uh, protege. Oh, about he's talking about me. Well, he was talking about the fact that he met you when he was at university. You had done, you had become Di Henwood's protege. Like, I mean, there was a TV show, right? Or yeah. a, some sort of yeah. You tell me about this because he met you. You were running for university council or One of, something is, like this, this. This is this is really interesting, but um, it's interesting to me because it's my life story, but um, probably none of your Australian listeners or American listeners will give a fuck about this. But um, I'll say this though. One of my comedy philosophies and one of the things I learned was Jerry Seinfeld, always leave them wanting more. And part of me was like, we've just nailed, in my mind, quite an interesting conversation. I mean, it's the least interesting for me and you, and that's something. And I'm like, Let's, we've got to get off stage. Do We're done. And you're like, let's talk about Guy about his university days. And I was yeah. like, Fuck, open that can of worms. It's also not that interesting. But I did meet Guy. <laughs> yeah. And and, and 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 I used to joke that I launched Guy's career because his first joke was opening for me and my mate as we were also doing our first show. Like, we were two-year experience and he was doing his first gig. So, like, barely, but, like, yeah. And he used to, get, he used to not be cool with it, but now he's cool with it because he's more successful than I am in New Zealand. Like, I don't know, but, like, he's, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was a fuck thing to say. He would completely argue the opposite of that. But I was, like... He used to be like, you're a dick for claiming to be, he, just, he can laugh about it now and go like, because I claimed that I started Guy, which is not true at all. Well, I mean, yesterday he volunteered that you did. So. Yes, <laughs> so it's because I, I gaslit him and put it in his mind. I'm like, you owe everything to me. Not at all. He did five minutes before a gig in an art gallery on K Road in Auckland. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think he found like, and I'm going to speak on behalf of him, but I think I can because I had a conversation with him yesterday and I'm pretty much just repeating what he said. I think he more, it was the broad, like the fact that you had done what he was proposing to do. Yeah. Like, yeah, if you can see it, I you can be I had the same it. name. And, and no, absolutely. And that's how I got into comedy as well. It's like, you go to a comedy club, you think, I could do as well, at least as these fuckwits. And that's how I got into it as well. I was like, the bar's not high. Like you go to an NBA basketball game and you're like, I cannot do that. But like, but lucky when I was a kid, I didn't have to learn it that way. I was playing under sevens basketball and I was like, I'm better than the other seven-year-olds so I can play. That's interesting to me. So uh, when I first started doing comedy just 30 years ago, just down the road from where we are today, uh, the SB Hotel in St. Kilda. Shout out. Uh, Sunday afternoon comedy they used to have. And basically the way that it would work is it would be about 12 open micers, people within the first six to you know 12 months, but genuinely some people doing their first gigs ever, yeah. uh, hosted by an ex like a probably, I guess, in retrospect, more like a midler sort of comic. And then, like, headlined by a, like, a local headliner, like, you know, a proper comedian. Well, we've made such a good podcast, we need to end it. <laughs> we can't just go reminiscing about the glory days. We, there's a point to this story. Okay, okay, don't, okay. Like, don't, I'm an asshole, I apologise. Uh, no, it's okay. Also, like, are you, are you in a rush to get out of here? Do no, you have another appointment? I would love to switch off the microphones and just yeah. have this chat online. <laughs> well, I mean, what's the point of having a conversation that isn't monetized? <laughs> ah, yes! <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, well, I'm back, I'm back. <laughs> So I uh, went there three weeks in a row before I was on. Yeah. And the, I always say the thing that I found most inspirational were the three worst people because the, 
Yeah. Because I was sitting there in the audience. If I judged myself by the headliner or the host, yes. there was no way I could be as funny as that. Yeah. The thing that I was judging was, could I be, because this was my barrier of entry. Yeah. Can I be the fourth worst person <laughs> on? Because I, like I figured that. that people might remember yeah. the three worst. Yeah. But by the time you were getting to like the fourth worst person, yes. I was like, you're just blending in the middle. And yeah. That, I, I found that aspirational, like yes. that you were like, I could do this. Yes. Yes. And I, I, I'm very fascinated by this and I really like this. I, um, I think I look at back at comedy, um, unfortunately to tie back to philosophy, uh, one problem with me is that my entire sense of self-worth and happiness is tied to my comedy career. And I've been very privileged that my comedy career has just gotten slightly better and slightly better every year. Yeah. So I just make small steps up and that creates a constant sense of achievement. And so I think the highest high I got though, realistically from comedy, even though I'm established now, I make a living as comedy, which is always my greatest fantasy, um, was those first gigs. When you're just like on there for the, when you're like, you're so terrified, you're sick for like a month before the gig. And you're like, this could go either way. And I could humiliate myself and everyone in the town that I live in, Wellington, New Zealand, will hate me. And that was my concern. And then you'd do a gig and it would be a disaster, but you'd get two laughs and you'd skip down the street like you were Willy Wonka or some shit because you're so, it was such an amazing drug. And I'm like, fuck, that is the ultimate high. And that's why I kind of recommend comedy to everyone. I'm like, if you are thinking about it, I mean, don't, if you're, terrified or it's your worst nightmare then you yeah. don't have to do not it. not to everyone like the, i mean yeah not to no, i recommend it to everyone <laughs> i do recommend it to everyone if you if you have a little bit inside you or you're trying to do it to yes. like to like as a to personal anyone thing, who has an interest in it but that, even then everyone's funny i yeah, think That's, but you don't need you to wouldn't do, agree with that would i you? do yeah i do agree with that and i okay I, fuck, i'm trying to have some disagreement here well i no, because i like what you're saying because yeah. often i think that because people will say to me all the time they'll be like oh you know i'm thinking about trying stand up and uh, i'm like yeah you can. Yeah. Like I've been skydiving three times. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. Didn't need to do it by myself. Yes. Just wanted to see what it felt like. You don't have to um, Glad mortgage I did your it. house to launch Didn't want to become Melbourne. a professional skydiver. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. You yeah. don't need to do all that other stuff. Fuck, that's impressive you've done three times. I'm too scared. I'm too scared. Well, I mean, again, three times strapped to another person. Like, yeah. never, you know. That's, that's imp- I couldn't do it once strapped to another person. I'm terrified. But yeah. yeah. But, but that was enough. And stand up could be the same. Yes. You can do it once. You can yeah. do it three times. You can do it half a dozen times. You can do it twice a year, every year. But it doesn't. A, it's a great hobby. It's better than golf, I reckon. Like golf is, it's similar. It's like incredibly frustrating. It goes bad as much as it goes good. Yeah. And you've got Trying to like put to master hex- something that is even the best people only have one day every now and again where they manage to master it. Yeah, and everyone gets. Um, <laughs> yes, that was a great <laughs> observation. And people get pissed at the end of it at the bar. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like a lovely. And I was like, if you're gonna do golf, mostly like, men. That, yeah, mostly white men. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck, you nailed it. But yeah, I just, uh, I'd recommend it because there's probably a lot of listeners going, like, oh, I'd love to try it someday. It's yeah. like, why not? You're 65. Try, um, try and pick a, you want to pick a good gig though, because like, unfortunately, the gigs that take new people are often like exploitative or like, you know, just want to get people into a bar. And I kind of find, like, I, I, I don't necessarily recommend comedy courses for people who want to be professional comedians. Yeah. But I often recommend comedy courses for people who want to try it. Yeah. Because I think that a comedy course where they give you the course of, like, the yeah. skills and whatever, and then they have a show at the end, which yeah. everyone's on the same page. You're yeah. not walking into some horrible open mic where... Yeah. Like, if you want to be a professional comedian, yeah. you're going to have to walk into a horrible open mic yeah. and work out how to do that. Yeah. But if you just want to try it, yeah, like, the right comedy course can be quite a nice... Way so, to do that. So nice. And there's a guy there who'll go, hey, mate, don't talk about your jizz. Yeah. No one wants to hear about that. <laughs> no 
No one wants to hear it, man. It's so gross. So gross. You got to be pretty good to do that. Uh, there are some standard questions I ask people on this podcast, and uh, I know that you're in a rush for us to finish. But no, no, I well, I, I will spend eight hours with you. I, I'm loving this so much. I'm in a dream. I just, I just always think of it from that from that Jerry Seinfeld. Leave them wanting more. I was, ang- I was a little bit anxious coming to this podcast. I'm like, I want to do a good job. I don't want to embarrass myself, which I do when I talk too long. So I was like, in now, and it's good. You feel like, yeah, you feel like so far you've done a good job. You don't want to. But on stage, it's so key as well. Like, I've been doing, I've been doing like an hour five. And I sh- I'm booked for an hour, and I, I would like to be doing 50 minutes, like go under time, because it's nice coming out of a comedy show and go, man, it went by so fast because it was so fun. You don't want to be overstay your welcome. Do you do you still experience that? Like, how long is your show at the moment? So, yeah, okay. In a theatre, you do so long. So it's about 65 minutes. No, you know, it's about 65 minutes, but in Darwin two weeks ago, it was an hour 45. Hour 45. And it's, and it's to be honest, almost exactly the same show. There's just a version of it that I can do in 65 minutes and a version of it where I just like explore every aspect of everything that I'm talking about that goes an hour and 45, you know, like there's not actually an extra routine in it. I haven't really cut out anything substantial. It's just like the way that you talk about it. But also in Darwin, you're trying to give people a night out, whereas- that's Comedy the difference, shows right? Yeah. Comedy festival, people are trained to that hour yeah. around the 55, 60 minute mark. And they're going to another show afterwards. They yeah. start to feel like, whereas in Darwin, that's their, like, you've gone all that way. Mm. They've come out for that night. Mm. They know you're not coming back for another year or two. Yeah. Like, so again, context is super important when it comes to that. Yeah. I think in a podcast, it is a little different when you're talking about leaving them wanting more because. We're in a radio station today re- recording this. Like, you know, our podca- the, this podcast is now part of, like, you know, a, a company. This is the way podcasts – it used to be a very independent podcast. It still is in spirit, but there is, you know <laughs> – But more realistically, we'd like to thank our corporate overlords. Well, we're here in a studio that That's someone fancy. else arranged for me. All the sound's going to be done. This podcast will sound beautiful. It'll get turned around straight away. Like, Nick will do an incredible promo for it. Like, yeah, you wow. know, all these things will happen that hopefully – don't ruin the essence of the podcast. Now, sometimes you'll have conversations with them about like they go, here are the statistics about how long podcasts should be or like what people like to listen to or, okay, that's when I stop listening. Okay. Like here's what I would say to anyone listening to a podcast who thinks it's too long. Firstly, the most popular podcast in the world is Joe Rogan's podcast that goes for three and a half hours a day. Fucking Secondly, you can turn it off whenever you want. Yeah. Like, my favorite podcast, like uh, the one that I talk about a lot is Never Not Funny, Jimmy Pardo's podcast. Yeah. And they do two and a half hours. Yeah. And sometimes I just listen to half on the way into the office and half on the way home. Endurance you know? comedy. Endurance comedy. I used to love, <laughs> I used to love um, comedy bang bang for the same reason, but I, just, like, I was like, I wish I could edit out some of the shit bits. Interesting. But this has been no shit bits up until this point, but now we're just tagging on a shit bit at the end. So what was the, what, what, what okay, the question? Okay, so here are the questions. So the, yeah. there's some standard questions I like to ask people, and I think that yeah. in the lengths that we have you know, gone with, it, but this will still take us a, probably another half an hour, and then we'll be done. Okay? I, I, no, hey, I love this, by the way. I'll do another four hours. Let's okay, go. here we go. It was eight hours a minute ago, but you've yeah. gone down to four. Ah, <laughs> fuck, I'm sorry. Sorry. We've lost half in like yeah. eight minutes. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So uh, first question, what do you think happens when we die? Uh, I have no strong feelings. Um, we get buried in the ground. Oh, I, I'd like to say we get 
um, cremated. What would you like to do? Cremated, buried? Do you have a Definitely preference? Cremated. Do you care? Everyone, I think it should be government mandated cremated. Uh-huh. Australia is different because you have got a bunch of desert and you can put everyone out in the out in the desert. They don't though. They don't. No. Because I, I like, still bury them in the city. If it's bad, if burying people <laughs> in the city is bad environmentally, uh-huh. then um, I definitely do not think that should be done. Plus, an urn's such better than a grave because you can carry. If you want to hold on the ashes, you can carry it around with you. If you want, you can turn it into a diamond or whatever. Do you care about death? Like, as in, do you, like, think about your own death? Is it something that is present in your life in I'm any way? I'm very lucky because younger people than me have been haunted by it. But no, I just haven't worried about it too much. But, like, yeah, as soon as – the other day I've got to actually – the reason I, I'm going, I'm screaming into the mic is because I can't laugh because uh, I've uh, cracked a rib. And I've cracked a rib because I fell off a skateboard. And when I fell off the skateboard, I was like, I don't want to die. Uh, I felt so, I've never been winded before. It was very funny. <laughs> I was like, I was trying to laugh, and I was like, and someone goes, are you okay, man? I go, I'm not okay. And uh, yeah, but like at that moment, I was definitely worried about my back, because I'm like, a back injury will affect you for the rest of your life. And I had a, I've kinked my back. I think it's okay, but like, I was very terrified of that. And so, um, yeah, when I, if I'm skydiving, definitely think about death and definitely do not want to die. I don't like turbulence in the plane, um, which is irrational. I realize that. Um, But uh, I don't think about it much. I think it's a privilege. Do you care about being remembered? Like, is, yeah. is that important to you? Every mediocre white man does. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't think it's a thing because no one gets remembered. Uh, no, one no one gets remembered. And it's yeah. like, it's like for, to be remembered, you have to be like, let's think about who's been remembered. Hitler? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, it's like Winston Churchill. Who do we actually remember? The woman who flew the plane. I've even got her name. Amelia Earhart. <laughs> Is that who you're talking about? What a good name, Earhart. Yeah. She flies a plane and she had so much heart. Yeah. But like no one, everyone gets, everyone has their five minutes. So like, oh yeah, I'd love to be remembered. And I think every man goes through a midlife crisis where they're like, what is my legacy? And Dave Chappelle's like, how much can I fuck up my legacy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess Richard Pryor, I love George Carlin still. And you know, Richard Pryor and they're remembered after their death. But like, um, yeah, it's like, it's unlikely I'll get to those heights. Do you think that it is possible for people from our generation when, like, part of the reason that George Carlin and Richard Pryor are remembered is that they were absolute geniuses of what they did, but yeah. part of the reason they are remembered is there wasn't a lot of recorded comedy from those times. Yeah. The reason that we talk about Billy Connolly or Bill Cosby or, um, you know, Monty Python, these are all genius comedians of their, you know, ilk yeah. in their time, but it also was there was a small amount of recorded comedy that was shared around whereas yeah. now everything is recorded yeah like, but you can still peel still rise to those heights like yes. i'd say tina fey or john mulaney the problem is you've got to do it for a long time like they have to do that for they have to keep up this pace for like 20 years and then they'll be remembered like richard pryor or john lennon or john, john lennon john lennon as i mean well, john as well. lennon is re- remembered. he's well remembered yes. he's well regarded that guy yeah yeah I, okay so uh what would you like people to Think about you, like if you were to die. Do you? Can we say this? Are you yeah. afraid of death? No, of the I no. welcome it. I, the... <laughs> I welcome it. Please, I just to get please. out of this podcast with fucking Guy Williams. Please. Can I please? I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing non-stop comedians from New Zealand named Guy. Yeah. I've got to end it. <laughs> I, I know. Look, I, I recently I've been through a bit of a tough time, and there's been a lot of death ideation in my life, which is not suicidal. Is, oh yeah, but like. You know, I've had like a lot of nights where I went to bed at night and hoped I didn't wake up in the morning, you know. So, like, genuine, like, so when I say I welcome it, there was a, a period of time where it felt like it would be a relief. The thing that I toy with a lot now is this idea of 
I would love, you know, in the internet in Europe, there is this thing called the right to be, you know, forgotten, basically. Yeah. That you can get all the, like, information about you erased from the internet. I love now, There's something in that that I find incredibly intoxicating. So, like, not necessarily death, death, like being dead, because I don't believe in there being an afterlife or anything else. So, yeah. So, in a practical sense, I know that once I'm dead, yeah. Whatever this is, is done. Yeah. And so I might as be, well be alive too. But is there a world in which I could kill this version of me and go off and get to be someone else completely? What I can't be is the in-between. I, I don't want to be the, like, I don't want to be running a bookshop and everyone going, oh, didn't you used to be the guy from the- Oh, I love this. No, I'm I not into this. that. Why don't, you move to, why don't you move to Nepal I've and thought about it. life as a yak I farmer. have thought about it. Mostly because I won't be able to get AFL on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so that is mostly the reason. This is so good. Yeah, this is an interesting yeah. thing. I, um, I, I totally hear what you're saying is, as comedians, we mock like a guy who was on Australian Idol five years ago or 20 years ago or whatever, and he's still- kicking around trying to do it. Is that your fear of being like what well, it has been or something? I mean, yeah. But also, I just like to think if I was going to have a fresh start, I would like it to be a completely fresh start. Yeah. I wouldn't like anything that I did. Like, you know, there'd be part of if I started a bookshop that yeah. there'd be some people be like, oh, I'm going to go to Will Anderson's bookshop. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Whereas, like, the idea of I just would love to just have another chance at having a fresh life Move that to is New different to this. Move to New Zealand. It's like, it's very similar to Australia. But you could live like, I mean, you're pretty well known in New Zealand, but you could move to like a country where you're less. I always think that about Britney Spears or whatever. No, Britney Spears is a bad example. But like, you know who's hounded by the paparazzi? I don't know who that is now. Charlie Sheen or Britney Spears is like, just move to Hawke's Bay of New Zealand. It's beautiful. It's lovely. You can live a luxurious life there and no one will know who you are. Or if they do, they'll know who Britney Spears is, but they won't bother you. after the. They'll be excited for the first week and then you can move on. And so you could, if you want to do that, you can move away from Australia where you get recognized a lot. To New Zealand, where you'd be recognised left, there's a lot of beautiful places you could live. It's basically the same as Australia. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks about even just doing that now and becoming, like, still while I have my career here. Yeah. Like, I'd love the idea of going and living somewhere that is external, so that like when you go and do your career, yeah. yes, you're in your career. Yes. But then when you go, like, part of that's part of the reason I live in the country it's is so good. There is an element of that, but the idea that I could be doing that. Somewhere where it's really removed yeah. from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, is it, I feel like every Australian is just trying to move to Bali at the moment. So yeah, that's not me. That's the wrong Bali, direction Move to Bali, but then you see a bunch of Australians. <laughs> yeah, and not my audience either. Oh, it's so amazing. <laughs> I feel so sorry for the people of Bali being there and being like, um, did Chappelle Corby do it? Sorry, that came out of the blue. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but like, I, I would say yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, most likely. I'm so interested. I'm like, I'm like, sure that can happen. You see the people wrapping their bags at the airport. It'd be like, unlikely that yeah. that was. I mean, again, yeah. like, I guess we'll never know unless she at some stage writes a book and, like, you know, yeah, OJ style does it. If I did it, yes. this is how I would have done it. Yes. But yes. Yeah, I would suggest she probably did. Um, yes. Would you prefer to know? This is a story. This is a question that um, I have taken from Kurt Bronola uh, on Pete Holmes's podcast. Okay. So. I like to acknowledge when I've yeah, you know, yeah, taken yeah, somebody to, else's yeah. thing. Um, uh, would you prefer to know when you die or how you die? Oh shit! Well, I, I yeah, this is the, the, you're fucking with me here, man, because I've never thought about these things before, and now you say it, I'm like, I'm definitely. Can I say this? I'm definitely afraid of getting old. I'm afraid of like my body not working right and right. stuff like that. Oh, so yeah, it sucks. By the way, yeah, yeah, 
You won't be getting on a fucking skateboard. When you said you were even on a skateboard, I was like, of course you hurt yourself. Yes. What are you thinking? Yes. You're yes. six foot nine. Yes. You're I've already- got no skills. <laughs> fucking Gumby. Yeah. But it's so much fun. It's so much fun, bro. Um, yeah. Okay. So I've never really thought about these things. It's a privilege. And now you're bringing it up. I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't think about that. Um, but uh, yeah, fuck. That's a good question. I'd prefer to know. Uh, it'd be so bad. Because if you go, when you die and someone goes tomorrow, you're like, Fuck, that's so heartbreaking. But in my mind, I'm just so confident I'm going to live to like 85 or something like that or to an age, and then I'm going to die peacefully in my sleep. Like the perfect one, which is obviously not true. So fuck, man. Fuck. Uh, I'm going to say I prefer to know... This is the worst question I've ever been asked. This is, <laughs> this is so much... Because like, I hate it. I hate it when there's like those hack-like radio things that are like... Would you rather fight one duck-sized duck, duck <laughs> oh, or yeah. a thousand hawk-sized horses or yeah. something? That sucks. This is good. I don't. I think it's silly, but the more I think about it, um, I don't think there's a, both answers are horrific. And I would say how I die, right? Because you can at least. So you. So then, okay. So if somebody you tells you cars. how you die, yeah, you can avoid. Cars. Do you then go out of your way to avoid doing yes, that thing? Yes, yes, yes. I would stop flying if it was plane crash. Yeah. yeah. So you would. So then you let it affect. The entirety of the rest of your life. Yeah. So does that, that that then speak to the idea of like, would you suggest, for example, that you're like, fuck that. Like life isn't predetermined. You can't tell. Like, yes, you've said to me that I die in a plane accident, but yeah. would you actually believe that that is the case? Well, who is, who's saying it to me? Because the way you pitch this is, is like, you're like, this is a god who's saying Yeah, I assume it is. So but it's like, like, if it's just a lady yeah. at the mall, <laughs> I reckon I'll take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. It's somebody who's had up to that point an impeccable track record at being correct. But yeah, yeah. If, so, it's, if it's like yeah. a highly respected scientist who knows how to do this and yeah. they have figured it out and they've got like some sort of AI mm-hmm. algorithm and they've put in everything I've ever eaten in yeah. my life. It's a chat GPT thing. Yeah, a, if a it's chat, chat GPT, then I'll believe it 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what, what was your answer to this one? Oh, I, I much prefer to know when. when. I, I don't yeah. care how. Yeah. When, when would very much determine yeah, you how change I live your life. my life. Yeah, yeah. great point. If okay. it's five years, I'd live my life in a very different way to which if it was another 50 years. Yeah, There's... but how scary would it be if they go one week? Yeah. And that must be so hard for people who just get snap diagnoses and you're like, that's everyone's terif- worst nightmare, right? Um, right. Okay, let me uh, I switch my answer to your answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> What's the best or worst piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, or both, either. Oh, I love quotes. I love pieces of advice. Well, I mean, comedy, the more it goes wrong, the better from Steve Wrigley has always stuck with me. Um, Mark Watson told me early in my career, don't goo yourself. And that's a mistake. But like, oh, that, that was uh, something I mistake I made anyway. But like, stay off social media. And it's like, I think that's my generation's addiction. Whereas your generation fried themselves on alcohol. My generation's going to fry ourselves on social media. And my dream is to get my career, as I tell myself, to a point where I don't where I have social media managers and stuff like that, that's the dream because I just hate social media. That and is it, it's fucking me. where I am now. I'm an old man though. So, and in, in, again, in a privileged position. Yeah. As I said, I've, like, I've been off social media for about eight months now. Congratulations. But I ghosted it because I have the privilege of ghosting social media because if you go onto social media, there is still a presence there. It is just not me. Yeah. I don't have the logins to any of the accounts. Oh, I can't post on my things. I can't. Be there secretly. I'm so, I'm so jealous of you. It's the best. Yeah. Like, it is as good as you imagine. Like, this is not 
for if you're a person who loves social media, yeah. this is not me saying that you are wrong in loving the thing that you love. No, 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 no. But it's if just you an are addiction. a person who hates it yeah. or feels addicted to it, yeah. then oh, it's amazing. And I, I don't even hate it. Like I enjoy it. But yeah. um, my next level is do you still have Reddit though? I don't have anything. Okay, good. Because Reddit's my problem. And then um, on top of that, um, messenger apps. That's trouble. Are I you don't at that level yet. You, I don't have anything. What you've got a phone there? What I've the got fuck's a on phone. P- podcasts. I listen to podcasts. Nice books. I listen to audio books. I will do phone calls. I do have my email on for like work email during I the hate day. Email, but yeah. But I try to avoid using it when I'm out. So you know about. WhatsApp. No WhatsApp. No Facebook Messenger. No Facebook Messenger. No Apple text message no, thing. Uh, no, there's an Apple. Like, I mean, yes, there's the Apple text one. message. The standard one that comes so with the phone. So you get text like, to say, like, yeah. someone's died or something. Yeah, totally. That's so good, man. Congratulations. I'm very jealous. That's impressive. It's like I've, I've become – the only downside is I literally have become a real advocate for it. I don't want to be one of those people who's always telling people how good it is. But yeah. I've read nearly 50 books this year. I reckon I've read 50 books in total for the last five years. Fuck yes. That's my dream. And did you read them on the phone? No, I like. You read the paper. I reckon I've read, read 30 and listened to 20. Because I want to, yeah, oh, good, good, good. Because I was like, I was like, I, I, um, on the, this is going to sound gross, but people probably listen to this on the toilet as well. I want to read books on the toilet. And so I was like, I keep a book next to my toilet at home, but then I travel around. I don't have a toilet in my, a a book in my hotel room. I was going to say, if you don't have a toilet in your hotel room, that is. I'm shitting in the sink. Just, we've uh, got a window. They said that'll do. I didn't have toilet paper last night. I had to go on an adventure around the streets of Melbourne at two o'clock in the morning to find some toilet paper. Um, good, good on you, man. You're honestly, I look in, I'm looking here. We're sitting weirdly across each from each other, like a fucking um, religious confessional. Um, but like, I'm looking at you and going, uh, in ten years' time, I'd love to be where you are. I mean, I haven't been as successful as you in comedy, but over like, this side of the table, I, I, I don't know if I want to be hosting this <laughs> shitty podcast. But I'd like to be. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's, it's way too podcast. long. It'll be shorter. Yeah, it'll, it'll be shorter. It'll be, it'll be a quick, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll finish and we'll because we can do another. We can do another podcast. I could come on again sometime, maybe. Uh, but no, you know, it's all right. Um, uh, uh, yeah, like you're doing all the things I want to do. Get rid of all the apps off my phone. Um, just have podcasts and books and, um, uh, yeah, move to the country. I you think you've the, clocked it. The biggest thing for me is I've had to make up my own mind about everything again. So I didn't realize how often how you think about anything is influenced by social media, good, yeah. bad, or indifferent. Like yeah. everyone talks about the negatives, yeah. but sometimes it's even the subtle positives. That you notice that all your group like one thing or hate one thing or whatever it might Absolutely. be. Absolutely. And you just subtly, of course, it's natural human thing to want to fit in with your social group or social peers, yeah. that everything that I have to think about, whether it I be like that. It is my own decision. I like that. Has it, has it, do you think it's affected your comedy? Definitely. And for better or worse? Don't know yet. Ah, okay. I in like fact, that. I'm not, well, better for me, don't know for the audience, yeah. because I don't get their feedback one way or the other. Yeah, we like, do. So, they laugh. Well, I do. I get the immediate feedback. Yeah, like, I get that. But there's yeah. no extra feedback. Yeah, there's no. There's no. We'll definitely be coming back next year. Or we won't be coming back next year. Yeah. Um, or I like that particular bit, or I don't like that other bit. It's entirely up to. Yeah, but I mean, me. that's, I, I haven't been getting that feedback anyway. Like, yeah. like, you, okay. Um. Uh. Oh fuck! I had an important question that I wanted to ask, and it's immediately escaped me. It'll come back to me. Something about the phone. The phone's fried fr- 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 my brain. Uh. I think it has, and I think there's a whole generation that, like, 
this is the case. Like, I mean, you know, the, the thing that, I mean, you understand, but that not necessarily everybody who uses the phone and uses the, the apps that are on the phone understand is that they're all designed to get you addicted. Yeah, like, yeah. The difference between like your, your phone and like drugs yeah. is that heroin doesn't have a room full of psychologists yeah. working out how they can get you more addicted to heroin. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Like, to be fair, the, guy, the, the guys who made heroin, yeah. they already nailed it. They were yeah. the best. They but, know they're the Michael Jordan of But they up relied addiction. on the strength of the product. Yes, yes. <laughs> to get people addicted. They didn't yeah. go, let's come up with some extra ways that we can also get yeah. people addicted to heroin. Yeah. So, like, I think that. You know, with all these social media apps, and they, they, they all have, there are more psychologists who work for advertising companies than there are psychologists in the rest of Australia. Yeah, it's so like, great. You know, it, so these companies, this, the, it, wait, can you, is that, because that blew my mind, is that a tr true fact? More psychologists in Australia work for advertising companies than there are and marketing companies than work as psychologists outside advertising and marketing companies. Okay, so we're going to Google that afterwards and get that fact check because if that is true, that is that blows my mind. That's so interesting. I love that. <laughs> well, it's just like I always talk about, and I don't even know if this is true, but like in New Zealand, like the media industry has died and everyone's moved from um, journalism into PR and there's more journalists now suppressing the truth or, or twisting the truth and, and putting out their version of the truth than there is like actually exposing the truth. Well, most journalism is PR now. Yeah. Because, of, like, I mean, again, but this comes back to advertising. Like, at the heart of this, this is advertising because, like, there's public broadcasting where, mm. like, the bottom line hasn't been the imperative, so yeah. you can still do that sort of journalism. Yeah. But now we have this modern way that we access our news and information, which is online. Most of it's driven by clicks. Yeah. Clicks and advertising. Yeah. The advertising goes where the clicks are. So uh, everything has had to become sensational in its nature, yeah. or at least in the way that it's promoted. Yeah. And as you said, the role of like content, like the actual provision of content, like rather than what that content is, yeah. has become the predominant thing. So PR now is equally as important as like actual journalism if it gets someone to click on it. That was that was the last question I wanted to ask you was, well, and there's a million more questions, but um, what are your daily news sources? Do you have any news apps on your phone or anything no, like that? No, no apps on my phone, Yeah, but I get up in the morning still. So I studied journalism at uni and nice. one of the habits of a lifetime that it taught me yeah. was so we used to have to read five newspapers per day yeah. before we went into class. Wow. So that was always, that was kind of But your, when you say read a newspaper, like skim. I mean, they expected that you'd really kind of read the newspapers, particularly I think- Five? Yeah. And I think the idea back then was, if I am retrospectively remembering this correctly, was- that you could see how the Age newspaper versus the Herald Sun newspaper to use two in Victoria versus the Australian newspaper versus the Guardian versus yeah. the New York Times yeah. might have, like you get to see how they covered the same things, Definitely. how they covered different things, yeah. like what that, and so I still try to do a version of that every day to this day. So, so what are you, are you using Press Reader? What are you using? No, I literally go website. I mean, I have a bunch of subscriptions, yeah. but I do them on a rotation. So Websites. The Guardian, news.com.au, Herald Sun. I think websites are trash, though, because I, I like the way a newspaper is laid out yep. with the guy, the editor, telling you, or oh, girl, yep. sorry, don't mess up at all there, <laughs> um, showing you where the um, uh, where the most important stories are, as opposed to the website, which just shows you what the most popular stories so are. So you know that mo on most of these, you can get the newspaper version as oh, well, Oh, that's right? what you're doing. So you go on the website and you're looking at you the newspaper can, on the I screen. I like to look at both. Okay. Like I like to look at what the online traffic is on a story versus, and that's why I try to have a bunch of them and I tend to rotate around a little. But do you little. think that's healthy still to be that connected to the shitty news? 
uh, if I did not need to be for job. my job. No, but everyone says they do that. Everyone's like, yeah. oh, I need to drink because I'm a comedian. I was like, there's plenty mm. of comedians who don't drink. I mean, I don't drink anymore, but I would find it hard to give up knowing about what's going on in the world with the style of comedy that I've chosen to do in yeah. my life. Yeah, you know, but, like, yeah, but what you realize is I found that, um, especially even in Australia, because I was doing that, I was going Herald Sun and Age every day to find out what's happening in Melbourne. And then I came with all this gear tailored towards Australian politicians. And I, I, most of my audience is from New Zealand. But even the Australians hadn't weren't as up to date because I was super. You're super up to date. Yeah, I and think it, that's true. I think what you're saying is a hundred percent true, which is that you can be much more up to date with things than your audience. Yeah, and if you make the mistake of not explaining things, Moira Denning, that was the name I was trying to remember, or Moira Deming, is she the is she the politician who got suspended from the Australian Liberal Party for uh, the, Moira Deming? Yeah, that's yeah, something, something like that. Like so that. you don't even know her. You no. don't even know her in all the papers. No, you I read. know exactly what you mean. But I was trying to do jokes about yeah. Moira Deming, and no one knew who that was. And I was like, yeah, I got myself. Well, trouble. she was a pretty minor character until, until that. But I mean, yeah. I was doing topical material that week. Yeah, and um, anyway. Anyway. But yeah. it is, like, I mean, I find generally, I mean, we're good comedy anyway, right? Like, yeah. you want to be able to, if you've never heard of the people, like, if the joke relies on you knowing who the person is, yeah. then yeah. it's a reference. Yeah. Like, if yeah. the joke works regardless of whether you know yeah. who, like, I mean. It, well, you're picking apart my whole comedy. It's just, <laughs> you're making me feel insecure, man. <laughs> This is how we finish. Yeah. I demoralize you just yeah. at the oh, end. Fuck. Oh, my, my whole act is just an hour of funny references. <laughs> I go, who's heard of Jim's mowing? And everyone goes, yeah. And I was like, who's aware of Jetstar? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you familiar? So Jim's mowing, uh, you are familiar with I'm, the fact that the guy behind Jim's mowing is- It's very interesting. I'm going to interview him. About his research you? and stuff like that, so I'm very excited. Yeah. And about the fact that he wants to declare an independent state of Australia. Uh, I actually spoke to him about that. That, that, that <laughs> was that a joke. True? That was yeah, a joke that's that gone wrong. Too, yeah. uh, it got it got very funny. It was a, it was an April Fool's joke, and it got leaked four days early. Yeah, but he's got really interesting views, so I'm really interested in talking to him. He's a, uh, I mean, he's built something incredible, and he definitely has an independence of thought that is outside the mainstream. I love it. I love it. Yeah, get out there. Uh, okay, let's final question and then I'll let you go. Uh, by the way, your show, uh, by the time people hear this, probably will be done at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, but are you taking it to other places in Australia? Sydney. Sydney Comedy Festival? Sydney Comedy Festival for like, only like two shows, but yeah. Where's yeah. The, do you know what venue you're Nah, you man, Google it. Yeah, I love when okay. people plug things. I'm like, just Google it. No, Go no, that's Williams, fine. Sydney. I know that you can. I was just asking out of my own personal curiosity oh, more oh than i'm doing anything. like um the factory oh beautiful small little room yeah there. yeah good place it. though it's so good uh have you got any ideas again you don't people can google these things i can even google these things but i'm right here with you so i might as well ask you do you know when you're in sydney again no. this is me just asking so i know if i can come and see your show oh, this is i'd love i'd love uh for you to come along but don't feel it's not that special um i don't know uh, i heard it got a award, nominated for an award oh it's so nice Plus, it also feels like it might be right up my alley somehow. yes 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 and, and you need to come along just to see what bits i've lifted from you man uh, i was like hey that's my mic bit yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that exactly that um yeah the mannerisms but that'd be kind of interesting to see as well like it's kind of it's, it's a bit of a compliment to have someone bite you a little bit you know is there um new zealand dates because i do have a lot of new zealand listeners and i imagine with this episode doing in just two, two shows in auckland but I, I, I luckily i'm 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 filming my show so i won't be doing much stand-up after the melbourne just doing sydney auckland and then filming my show new zealand today so um, new zealand today season four will be coming out hopefully soon and that's, and that's what people I'm can see that for. online in australians australia? can see it. it's on youtube if you don't uh -huh. know it if, if, if you've seen everything on youtube there's a lot on youtube 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's on a New Zealand paywall. So yeah, but a lot of it, there's there'd be yeah. like at least probably three hours or four hours worth if you haven't seen New Zealand today. I'm very proud of it. It's the best thing I've ever done, which is not saying much. <laughs> it's a low bar. I have a time machine. Yeah. Uh, I can offer you one round trip. Yeah. Uh, the machine has to come back, so I can offer this round trip to other guests on the podcast. Kill so, Hitler. Yeah, we'll know this next one. I, I mean, if Sorry, you, I ruined your game. I'm sorry. No, Kill Hitler is a fine response if that's what you want to do. But yeah. I, I always have follow-up questions. So no. um, you can go forward in time. You can go backwards in time. Yeah. You can visit yourself. You can change history. You can do whatever you want to do. You can observe something that you've just wanted to observe. Yeah. Like, you can use it for, like... Don't worry too much about the the rules of time and how they all exist and those sort of things. Yeah. This is purely a, a thought experiment. My mind way. is my mind is spinning. There's too many forward answers. or backwards. I reckon I'd probably go forward. I mean, I'd love how far forward. Every answer that people have given, I'd be keen for. Um, I would love to go. I would love to see where things are in forty years' time. So mm -hmm. while I'm hopefully still on this yeah. earth, and just see what's going on then, and then I could go back and um, obviously. Uh, make millions of dollars by being ahead of the curve, but not only that, that was a very sad answer, wasn't it, to this hypothetical question? Everybody uh, feels the need to cover off the uh, Biff answer, which is Biff from Back to the Future, which is go and get some sort of almanac from the future, and like you know, yeah. that's fine. We don't, we get that. We're we get that. We're, we're, we're it's humans. all given. No, no. What but, I meant, what but I meant, I'm more interested in the fact that you I are someone it, who like clearly understands. Like the world as we are, like yeah. you know the the climate predicament that I we're currently in. I want to know climate in. change. That would be my yeah. big, that would be my big thing. I want to know how bad it is because you know, like part of you is like, ah, oh, well, it washes a couple of cities out, and we just move a bit up the hill. Hopefully, we'll be all right. And I was like, no, we're already in New Zealand, getting flooded every year. My house got flooded, or my the the apartment below my house got flooded. Um, yeah, so it's like, yeah, I'd probably go climate change. I got no. You probably should give this in advance so I could have prepped some shit, like a, <laughs> on a bit here, a routine. Oh, man, the podcast has been available publicly for eight years. Yeah. You could have done your own research <laughs> as well. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I tried to listen to the podcast at 3 a.m. last night. Couldn't get through I couldn't get through the intro. <laughs> couldn't get through the intro. It was 3 a.m. It was 3 a.m. It was 3 a.m. Been on the streets looking for toilet paper. Yeah, How are you? I, I listened to your podcast and I was like, got to hit the streets. Fuck. So what I'd do is I'd like to go back um, about six hours. I'd like to listen to the podcast in advance and have some toilet paper so I didn't get stuck yeah. in that predicament. And I was using paper towels for people who must know. I've got a hierarchy. I get stuck with that. Can't flush paper a, a paper towel, though. Did you flush a paper towel? You're not allowed to flush a paper towel. It, was, it wasn't a wet wipe. It was just, it was just like a handy Yeah, wipe. you can't flush those. Well, I did. Well, you can't. Well, I mean, you can, but you shouldn't. Can I apologize to the people of Australia <laughs> I mean, for my flushing of paper towels last night? Might as I well have just murdered a dolphin I with was, your bare hands. <laughs> I'm glad. Fuck the dolphins. <laughs> Fuck them. We're going out there. I'm so yeah. defeatist about climate change that I'm like, oh, well. Are you defeatist? Yeah, I got no kids. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, we're going down and... We may as well enjoy ourselves going down. Okay. What are you doing? Interesting. What's your plan? Mm. I just learned you weren't allowed to flush floss. Yeah. I was definitely not. Yeah. You, 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 literally, Fuck, man. You really, only toilet paper is what you should be flushing down oh, the toilet. Yeah. Other than that, you really shouldn't be flushing anything else down the toilet. Yeah. 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 There are islands in the middle of the oceans oh. that are entirely composed of things oh, that people have flushed fuck, down toilets. What a bad that they finish to the flushed. pod. I vote for the Greens. Does that count for anything? <laughs> this is, I mean, it makes it worse, I think. I support the Greens for social justice issues. Yeah, more but than not the for the environment. <laughs> yeah. 
no, 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 no. I do. I, I don't do. agree with the Greens on their environmental issues. No, but... I do. I do deeply care. I just, um, I just yeah. am feeling very defeatist. I do everything. Most things that I can do personally, I do, except for flying. Obviously, I'm bad on that. Yeah. But um, I try my best, man. I'm a good. I try to be a good person. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hear you're wantingly flushing, like you know, handy down the toilet. I, I, like, I'm wantingly because what did you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to do? Go use a towel or something? And no, have a shower. Have a sh- do you have a shower in your hotel room? I did right next to the toilet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> have you done this? <laughs> no. You're pretending better than me. You've been in the situation. Fuck. You're no. You've cornered me here. <laughs> I was open to you on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. You got me. Uh, people can find your series on YouTube. Uh, they yeah. can find you still on the social medias. Uh, yeah. If they want to know all about you, is there a central hub? Is there a best place to go? Is there a place you're most active? Yeah. Um, oh, that's so depressing. I think my YouTube is my best stuff. So it's called the show is called New Zealand Today. And if you want to watch it, um, I'd love to film some in Australia. And hopefully I'm going to do that because um, I think you've got a lot of interesting small town stories happening around here, I believe. And Australian characters are so funny. I love it. Mate, thank you so much for doing this. It's been a pleasure. I have loved doing this, Will. Yeah, it's been it really good, is an honour. So cheers, man. Thank you. Thank you. Listener.